Throwback from the summer about 0405. <laughs> Love it. Welcome to the Eat Slay Live podcast. And we are the Locksecutioners. We're going to be eating lightning and talking thunder and tackling your eardrums for a loss today. Ooh, like that? Love so, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm really making those personal these Man, days. Man, I, I like when you sit up in your bedroom at night thinking of your introduction <laughs> for the next day. I love it. <laughs> I'm thinking of introductions and ice cream sandwiches. That's what's going through my head. We'll, uh, we'll start off today's show because I know everybody out there, all seven of our listeners, mm-hmm. are wondering what's going on with the Pride Building. <laughs> we're gonna, have, we, do we have any steps you We're really going to do this every week, right away. Well, um, yes, we are. A lot of good leads. A lot of good leads. Some really good leads this week. Some that's, promising things. Some promising things. Good start. I don't want to get too specific. No, I don't Oh, really, my <laughs> gosh. I don't want to get sorry, too much I'm sorry, Todd, gives it, you guys no good info. No, but... It's the, terrible. Yeah, but you know what? And, and he I, drops dude, a bomb on us and now won't tell us it, anything. This is so overdramatic, but it's such a roller coaster. Like, like some weeks, I'm like, I'm so stressed about looking and then like... And not looking, seeing anything promising, and this week was a great, great week. So I go from wanting to kill someone to, uh, you know, just being elated. So, so, are let's just let everybody know. So, wh- what kind of strategy are you taking? Are you looking to buy land and build? Or are you just looking to find something close to what you have right now and rent? I, it just kind of depends. People have asked me that: Do you want to buy or rent? It kind of depends on the space. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. I'd really like to go bigger and better than what I have now to grow, you know. So is there a lot of that out there? No, there's not. <laughs> I would imagine what you're looking for is tough. <laughs> well, I want I want cheap, but all, but really good. I mean, you know, good so, luck with. That. I mean, I need I really need four walls and a lot of space and sturdy walls and you know sturdy floors. Yeah. Um, but that's not super easy to find. Really good parking, so. And parking has to be a huge aspect of, of something you're looking at because of what's happened, you know, before. Well, right. You have and no parking. No, we have no parking. And I have shitty parking. You have no parking. No parking. And, you know, it's, we, on any given night, like for one of our circuits, we'll, you know, we've had 148 people. We average around 130, 140 per workout. They're not so carpooling, are they? They're not many are carpooling. So, you know, like you have to think, will this, you know, this building right here accommodate 140 people parking somewhere and me i would think that you'd be trying to look for something to accommodate 200 people well to try to well, grow your business i wasn't i wasn't there yet on this <clears throat> our little talk here but yes if i'm going to grow i'm like 200 cars there to be able to fit so yeah. you know and we look we look more warehouse and a lot of times warehouse doesn't have the parking you know you look at more retail retail places old you know grocery stores and things like that has the parking but doesn't really have that feel that we're sort of looking for you know or the price we're looking for <laughs> you know when it was a warehouse and it's ten thousand square feet you got one price when it was an old uh, dollar general uh in ten thousand square feet you have another price they want that rent for the dollar general exactly exactly <laughs> yeah. i want so i want the the rent for somebody parking their old classic cars in it what about you know? location are you trying to stay Woods River, I mean, does the town matter to you, or is it more about the the building? Uh, it does. I, the reason I love, but people hear where we are now on Old St. Louis Road there in Wood River, and people are like, oh, that's terrible. But 
it's actually really good because it's like a hub. You know, Route 3 drops off there, 255 drops off, 143, the Berm Highway, all that stuff drops off. So we're a hub because we get people from Alton and, you know, Edwardsville and Highland and Troy and Collinsville and St. Louis. Louis. Yeah, yeah. St. Louis. So, you know, I feel like it's going to be in Wood River or Alton. I did a pool on our uh, our Pride Fit Club page the other day, and uh, most people were from uh, Alton or Bethalto. So... Gotcha. They were scattered all over the place. All right, enough about Todd. Let's you always talk do this to me. This. You get me rolling, you get hey, me rolling, so and then I... you just say you're uninteresting, <laughs> and then you go right. You did this to me last week. I'm not the one wanting to talk about it anyway. Well, I, I want to give our listeners something. So but do we want to talk? Do do we we want... Do, does everybody want to hear about Todd's Facebook well, polls? Quit freaking bringing it up. <laughs> I'm going to bring it up next week too, bud. What, what about? Because I'm intrigued by it. I want to know. Well, we're gonna, but at uh, some point, you'll talk all day. Because all you want to do is talk about your new space here at the Brick House. That's well, all you want to do. Bring that up. Oh, okay, it's moving, what do you got? it's what moving do you... along. Yeah, you're gonna be done. When when when's, when's it gonna be done, Ross? We're, you know, I will give a little more information out. We're shooting for February 26th. It's the last fa- Friday of February. Um, I've booked some bands that weekend. Whoa! Hope I don't. Mike to, Jones? No, Mike Jones. Okay. Hope I don't have to cancel them. Okay. But um, yeah, we're shutting down February 8th for about a week or two. That mm-hmm. way we can uh. We can get our bathroom situations all knocked out. We got some renovations in the kitchen to do still. So we have a few walls to tear down. So we'll be shut down for a couple of weeks. And then. Well, I'm still going to get wings or no? During that no. Time. Why we're shut down pretty much means we're shut down and we're not cooking. Really? Yeah. No curbside? I mean, yeah. yeah we're, we're, we'll be having to shut down, shut down. <laughs> Your Facebook messages on the brick house are going to go crazy. <laughs> crazy. I've been trying to get through that, for 45 yeah. minutes and I can't. I, I just want some mozzarella sticks. How do I get my mozzarella sticks? So we're, like I talked before, we're, we're taking the wall in between the women and the men's room. We're taking that wall down. That'll all be the women's. Okay. So that'll be part of that week's renovation. Um, there's a... The hallway that separates the bathrooms and the kitchen, that wall's going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's two holes in the wall that have to be cut in from the new part to the brick. Um, so all that kind of renovation stuff. And the game, the big gaming room I saw. Yeah. So all it that, looks badass. All, all it, that stuff has to be done. And we have to be closed for it. It looks so. badass. The new bar... Did which doesn't look new, looks old, looks that old, old retro, man. rustic, you know, yep. Dave Lane. T- TVs <laughs> went up yesterday. Ooh, how many TVs yeah. we got in there? So right now we got eight. Eight, wow. Seems like a eight lot. right now. Yeah. Um, six, 65 inches and 275. Well, nobody wants to hear about how many inches you got. Hey, let's talk Ooh, about our guest. Let's talk. Love let's, it. Let's talk. All right. <laughs> You're not interesting. Let's talk to our guest. And you know what? For the first time, we've kind of like, I feel like we have a guy who's more, I mean, I'm friends with him too, but it's more your friend than my friend. I feel like we're just, we're kind of bringing in my friends. Yeah, it's always Todd's people. Yeah, always Todd's yeah. Well, people. this is my people too, but <laughs> you know. So I'm going to say this. I'm going to okay. lead off with this before okay. I introduce I would say one of the greatest athletes of all time in this immediate area. Hands down. <laughs> You're just going to probably the greatest that I think I've seen or played against. You're just going to give him a hand job right off the right bat. Right off huh? the bat. But hey, <laughs> this is my people. This is my guest. Ah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to handy him up. The, guy, the so, guy is a freak. Introducing everybody, Brent Hawkins. Brent Hawkins. Welcome How to the show, doing? Brent How Hawkins. Hey, he looks like, like back in the day, I'm like, dude, this dude was huge. <laughs> He walked in. I mean, he is humongous right okay, now. Okay, this might be God the first. Damn. This I'm gonna say. I'm gonna come out and say it, Ross. I know you're thinking it. It's the first time we've had a guest with bigger biceps than me. Uh, I was oh thinking my that. god! You know, you I mean. <laughs> oh Dude, my goodness! You look like you're getting ready to go play in the Super Bowl right now. Uh, 
I actually feel a little more athletic uh, now than when I was younger, which is surprising. You know, being 37 years old and then retiring when I was 28, I did not feel good when I was done playing football. It kind of took a few years to kind of like feel better from actually doing all that. He, he, no, he looks like he should be bouncing over at Sub-Zero Club in St. <laughs> Louis right now. Do you know oh, what I'm no. saying? Like, oh, This looks no. like a guy who threw me out of the bar <laughs> to landing several times, right? Oh, all you're missing is a gold chain. And I'm like, that guy has kicked me out of a lot of bars hey, right there. Once an athlete, always an athlete. <laughs> Can't stay out the weight room. Damn. Well, you look good, brother. Thank uh, you. Thanks for coming on. No problem. So anybody that doesn't know Brent Hawkins, he was um, from Jerseyville. Um, all state football player. I'm sure track. I'm sure, I'm sure you got awards for basketball as well. Um, went and played football at Purdue. Oh, yeah. Red shirt a year, I believe. Played yep. a year. Transferred. Ended up at Illinois State. Was yep. one of the best defensive ends in FBS. Is that correct? Is it FCS? <laughs> what? The best. The best. All right. The best. <laughs> no, no one broke my record. Yet. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Uh, went on to the NFL for a couple of years, then went up to the Canadian League for a couple of years. And, oh, yeah. And so we'll touch base on all that, and then we'll get into what Brent's been doing here lately. Se- 17 sacks in one year up there, right? 17 and a half. Se- sorry about that. Anyway. Yeah, man. It matters <laughs> to me, getting man. This, getting getting you know, to the half. <laughs> sometimes I go back and, like, because I think I hold, like, I don't know, like five records or something up there still, like, uh, sacks in a season, tackles for a loss, different things like that. Uh, and uh, sometimes I go back and I check the little record book <laughs> just to make sure <laughs> nothing wrong with that you know and i still got a couple of buddies that i played with uh that that actually coach there now so it's good keeping in touch with them sometimes and i'm like hey so uh, did you might beat my record <laughs> and it was- did i get close or so i mean records are meant to be broken they but are when you're but- a record holder you don't want to see it really get broken not at all <laughs> you know not at all man it, you know and especially uh, that i think i still hold the conference record too so oh, i was, wor- I was oh, worried about I was worried about that too. Yeah, and and that year that you, that year you had those seventies. Actually, you played in the Hula Bowl, which is an all star game, the college all star game over in Hawaii. Yeah, you got MVP, co MVP of that. Yeah. Ross, some other names that have gotten co MVPs of that uh, the was, Hula Bowl. I was the defensive MVP by myself. Yeah, right. Well, that's what I mean. They've given an offense. Yeah. And Deion Sanders, no. Ricky Williams, Dan Marino, Jack Ham, Tony Dorsett, Mike Ditka. Other guys that also hold that uh, co MVP. Well, thing. they Damn. probably knew they were going to get it. That's the difference. <laughs> See what? I- <laughs> See what happened to me is uh, actually when when we got there and we were practicing like you know. I see all these guys with like University of Miami stickers on their helmets because you wear your school's helmet, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I'm seeing all these big D1 schools. And I was like, oh, here's old little old me from Illinois State. <laughs> and, you know, I just stepped to the back of the line. I let those guys, you know, have yeah. their respect and their due diligence. And uh, we started doing our one-on-one drills. And uh, I was just kind of like running around the tackles, you know. And <laughs> the like, coach was, they were like, I heard the coach go, ooh. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what that meant, but whatever, right? You know so, what that means. <laughs> so I knew it was a good job, right? So uh, we're up there and uh, – the game, you know, we get to the game and, and like the practices are the big part of it. Yeah, that. so you go like I think I, I want to say I was there seven days yeah. early, maybe five days early, and you get there and then they give you like this big orientation of what you do, what you can't do, how important it is to be there for practice, uh, how serious it is that you are there, you know, because for some people like myself, like I didn't get to go, I didn't get invited to the combine, like I didn't get invited to the East West Shrine game, so like. I could have went to other bowls, but they weren't as prestigious. This is what I got invited to, so I had to show out, especially coming from a one double A school, not a D one school. Yeah. 
And uh, so practices went really well. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, but all the NFL scouts. I mean, they're there watching oh, all those workouts leading up to the game. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, they're, they're probably that's where they're really getting their notes and stuff like that. They are, but they're more than just watching you play. They're trying to see how you are as a person. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of people that were there – Really didn't understand that at the time, but I knew to keep my mouth shut. That's, a, really, that's, a, I, fir- that's a first for you. It, it, hey, it is a first. I, I, I have a, I'm very charismatic. And so, that's and one I, way to put it. And I, and I like to talk. And uh, but, but I would talk to a couple guys who I'm still friends with to this day. I actually played with some of them uh, at the Jaguars, which is really cool. And uh, you know, so we get there, we have our practices. I'm kind of shutting up, and mm-hmm. I can see the coaches liking me. You know. And uh, when they yell at the starters for the game, they said my name, and I was like, "No way!" Right? <laughs> you know, like I, after practice was over, you know, I called Maze. I'm like, "Oh man, they, they said I was starting." He's like, "That's good. That's good. I knew it. I knew it." I was like, "I didn't know it." <laughs> I was like, "Some of these guys are coming off national championship games. Like I didn't know it." And uh, who was the quarterback then? It was Brad, Brad Smith. Smith. You yeah, said him. It was Brad, he, and Smith. he got MVP, offensive MVP. I think he did. And they were like, "Brad Smith, so fast, so fast." I was like. I'm going to catch him. I really, in my mind, I was like, I'm going to catch him. Because I think, like, I don't know if I'd had my pro day yet. So they didn't, no one knew really how fast that I was. Four, five, six, forty. Right. <laughs> yeah, right, dude. Uh, but, so but if, for, hey, if that's what the notes say, that's what the that's no, what no, it is. That doesn't mean it's true. You can Google it. <laughs> I so, did. So anyway. <laughs> four, five. No. I ran a four, four, eight. They caught, they put that down wrong. I ran oh. four, four, oh. eight of my pro day. Oh, okay. So. Oh, I thought you were saying that. Yes, yeah, sorry. Correct that. Hold on. <laughs> I, I was proud of that four four eight. So anyway, um, before even all that happened, like uh, as soon as I was done, I actually moved to uh, Aventura, uh, not Aventura, but uh, Miramar, Florida, and I was training at Chris Carter's Fast Camp for like three months. So I just like I stayed in the house with like I think there was five or six other guys just in this house. We just crammed in, and we would go train it. We'd wake up, go to Chris Carter's Fast Camp. You know, we didn't see him much. We seen him a few times. Go train there for like four and five hours, get rehab, get massages. And I just did this like just until I had to go to that bowl game. They flew me out. I was ready. You know what I mean? A lot of people don't do that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I was 45 minutes away from Miami, mind you. You know, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> just saying. So, some of the guys that I was staying with yeah. were going out, you know. And I was like, I'm not doing that. And they're like, oh, you know, look at this guy. He He's a lame. He's being this. I was like, oh, little do you know. Yeah. You know? And, <laughs> and uh, I, I just really wanted to make it. So, I stayed my butt in the house, worked my ass off uh, with my training, got up there. And I think because... I don't know if it was just from my mom or just for how we grew up here around this area. I was just humbled anyway, just to be there. Uh, I never went in being cocky thinking I was the best. So I think that showed off along with my ability at practice and to those coaches, which is maybe some of the reason that I actually ended up starting that game. Yeah. And then when the game actually progressed, um, we had our ones and our twos and maybe even threes. I don't know how it was set up. I can't remember. But uh we had a guy named Jeremy Mincy. Oh, actually, on my team, he was from University of Florida. Guy had like three sacks this game. Um, they were clean up sacks, but he still got a, a sack's a sack. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people don't see it was a clean up sack. A sack is a sack. And I was like, oh man, I was like, he's pretty good. I was like, you know, he he's definitely gonna get MVP. And I think I'd had like one and a half sacks. I don't know, it was something like that. But I, when fumble, I got fumble forced fumble, I did. But when but when I got my sack, 
I chased Brad Smith down twice, <laughs> and and one time was real bad. I was getting ready to get him again, and chased him like twenty yards away. It was and like the crowd was like, oh! I was like, I didn't even get a sack. What are you yelling at? I didn't realize how I was moving, you know. But I've been training for this for three months, and so the game is over. And, and actually, uh, our punter on our team had a really good year, so he was there with me. And uh, I was like, oh, the game was over. I was like, oh, all right, Hoff. I was like, the game announced the the MVPs. You know. Let's, mm-hmm. Let's go get drunk because we didn't get it, you know. Because <laughs> <Now laughs> you were in Hawaii. That's yeah. I don't know if I said it, but this is in Hawaii. Right. Yeah, I was gonna have a good time. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, let's let's go get drunk. We suck. You know, whatever. So, yeah. like walking off, and I swear I'm 15 feet away from like the door to go in, and then I hear, and now for the East MVP, Brandon Hawkins. I was like, oh. I like stopped. I turned around. I was like, no way, dude. I couldn't believe it. Like everybody's yeah. laughing at me. You know what I mean? Like it was so funny, but. I, what even made that that moment uh, even more surreal for me is that my high school coach Bill Braden was there. It actually brought his wife. I thought that was super that was really cool. Wow. That was super duper cool. Came all the way from Jerseyville, all the way from Jerseyville to Hawaii to watch me play, and I was going to have a good time. But but it was real good meeting up with him. Met up him after the game. Talked with him. It, it was great. Uh, also, Ryan Hoffman's walking off. And East special teams player of the game, Ryan. He got it too. Oh, that! Like, yeah, I swear. Like, <laughs> we're like, what? You know? But he was like, he was booting that ball, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure he ended up playing in the league, but like, he had a heck of a game, and he he did really well. It was just that whole situation was just it was crazy for me. That kind of really set it off. Like after that game, like uh, you guys know how Mel Kiper gets on, and he starts saying, "Well, these are the people you should look for in the draft." Mm-hmm. Like he was like, "Oh, look out for this guy. He's a sleeper. He should be a second round draft pick." I was like. Pfft. Nah, <laughs> I know who's out there. Don't, don't. Did you start believing that hype at all? Because there was. Um, I mean, we were yeah. still pretty close back then. I, I did. Mean, I would. I'm checking up on all of it. You know, Dude, they're talking second, third. They were. I, I couldn't even believe it. I did in my mind, just because my agent was kind of like. I think he was kind of digging the hype too. He was kind of like, yeah. He's like, man. He's like, I've actually been talking. Like me and Pete came up for your little draft you guys party. Did. But I feel like when we were there. You you didn't have like a big head. I didn't feel like you didn't. No, you were just gonna be happy with whatever you got picked. I just wanted we were to gonna go. hang out. I didn't want to go in the last round though. <laughs> I didn't want to go in the last round. I totally did feel that, that we're up there. Like you didn't really buy into second the, or third. You're just like, hey, whatever happens, happens. Like, but I but I was so stressed. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, like, yeah, I remember that. And it's too. just other people like, putting the stress on. Well, you. I got all my buddies up there. Yeah. You know, like yeah, you'd like to all, see your name happen quick. They're all but. having a good time. They're kind of having some drinks, and I'm like just like holding a beer in my hand <laughs> i was like full like i couldn't yeah. i was like sip you know what i mean i was like i can't even drink this yeah. i was like so distraught and then my name didn't get called the first day and i was like and we got had a party had a party going yeah, on then we, yeah yo then we, then then i you know we got drunk and then um <laughs> the next day happened and i got called in the so, fifth so round, you end up so. getting drafted in the fifth round by the jaguars jacksonville jaguars i Is did that, yeah. i did my coach had, uh, my coach my agent had called me a couple of times and he was like hey well, I think the Steelers might get you, so kind of watch out, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's that mean? You know what I mean? And then, like, I'm waiting. And then, like, we didn't even really know the Jaguars were really on the board. Like, we weren't talking about them at all. It was like Kansas City, Pittsburgh. They weren't, they weren't contacting you, really. Not really. Your agent. Not really. Like, he knew some people there just because he's out of he was out of Miami at the time. But, like, we never really thought, like, they put me through my workout at my pro day. Like, uh the the assistant d-line coach did but that was it other than that i never talked to him hmm. so we didn't even know like i was like really really shocked like that they picked me up because i wanted to play the end they drafted me as a linebacker because of my 40 time oh really yeah four four eight <laughs> yeah did uh so 
before they pick you, did they call you? Like what you see on yeah, TV? Did they, the coach call you? Or no. Or the GM? What, yeah, like someone be? from the team called me. Yeah. They're like, hey, this is so-and-so from the Jaguars. Uh, your name's getting to come across the screen. It was like almost that fast, and I swear. It was like, boom, dude gets up there, says my name. I was like, that was pretty sweet. That's awesome. And yeah. It was a good feeling. It yeah, was a good feeling. I bet. I bet. Let's rewind it back a little bit. Yeah. Um, when you were younger – was there a time, I mean, we don't get a lot of pro athletes to come into Eat, Say, Live podcast. So when you were younger, did, I mean, was there a time in your life where you're like, I think I'm, I'm, I'm good enough to, to, to be a pro <laughs> or a Division One player? Or was there a time that hit you where like, I'm better than everybody else that comes on this field? I don't think that I thought that way. Because as you know, I've been playing basketball against you since we were little kids. Yeah. You know. And uh, I just wanted to be Michael Jordan. I did at yeah. you know six foot two center. You know, trying to be my <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. I could jump, but I you know I, I wanted to be a very good basketball player. And at one point, uh, I think during my sophomore year, I didn't know if I was going to play basketball in the next year. Mm -hmm. And uh, because I wanted, excuse me, football, because I wanted to focus on basketball. Corey Braden actually had started helping at our school. I think my sophomore junior year, and he was like, "Hey, man." He's like, he's actually the first person that told me like, he's like, you got it. Like you, you got it, bro. And I was like, we got what, you know, he's, yeah. like, he's like, you can go play D one ball. I was like, what do you know? <laughs> you are a kicker at, at, <laughs> at, at, at uh, SIUC. But, but uh, Corey Braden and his father, like really like those guys that were a big influence, I think on my athletic career. Cause if he probably wouldn't have said that, I probably wouldn't have played. That's insane. So if he would have yeah. started helping out, you might not even played football your junior year in high school. Yeah. I mean, coach Skinner and those guys would have tried to kill me yeah. if I, if, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> coach Bidlack, uh, if I didn't, but like, and they would have probably talked me into it, but he really like, was like, he's like, dude, you got it, man. And, and he was, he was a young guy that came into our game, uh, excuse me, coaching us at football and, had that same passion his father did. And I think the reason we – Jerseyville was good at football, but I felt like we may have not had the best players, but our hearts were massive because of the passion of our coaches. Wow, that's great. And as passionate as those coaches were, and especially Corey – uh, and what he brought in the seriousness of it, because we joke around, but he'd be like, "All right, quit screwing around." You know, Jeff Onkin was there at the time. He sold uh, insurance too. He was super serious as well. He played a uh, uh, he was a quarterback in college as well. I think he played at Carbondale too. But the passion and the seriousness that they brought to the sport when we were there, like it just made us care more, you know. And we're talking about coaches that when I was in seventh and eighth grade were coming and sometimes would watch our practices to see how good the upcoming class was getting ready to be, yeah. you know? And then that's when like, Oh crap, you know, there's a, there's a varsity coach, you know, I got, I got to show out. Now you were asking me when I thought or when I knew I had it, I'm going to tell you what happened to me. So, uh, basketball was everything. Right. And then I think it was my junior year. Um, it, no, it was my sophomore year. Well, I don't know if they did this when you were in high school or you were in high school, but I got a like a postcard in the mail, right? And uh, this postcard came to every kid at the school, and it said, uh, "Hi, we're a recruiting service. If you pay pay ten bucks, we'll send a piece of your film out to everybody." Everybody yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah, I, I didn't yeah. feel special. So my me and my buddy Luke Cowell, I was like, Luke, man, I was like. Hope my mom's got ten dollars so I can do this. I grew up poor. I grew up from the mud, right? Yeah. And uh, he's like, "Man, let's just send this out. Who cares?" So we sent it off and just never really thought about it, right? 
So maybe that was the end of our sophomore year. So junior year come pops up, and I think we had played Jacksonville, and then we played Granite City. I was a third string quarterback. <laughs> quarterback, and, huh? Yeah. Don't hey, don't forget how I used I'm to gonna, do. I'm gonna bring that I, up. Hey, don't talk about that. Don't forget how I used to do. I was all right. I guess I, I forgot. Hey, I, I wasn't that <laughs> accurate, but I could throw it real far and I could run real well. But uh, but anyway, so I think uh, Jake Watkins was starting at the time. It was his senior year, I think, and we we're playing Granite City, and uh, I was doing well on defense, but I didn't realize because. I didn't care who got the accolades. I don't think anyone did on our team, especially on our defense. Oh, we were like, go tackle that ball. Put your mm-hmm. head on that ball. Like, I don't even remember really getting even taught technique. There's like, go tackle the ball. Right? You know what I yeah. mean? They're like, you're playing defensive end. I was like, cool. I run everything down, especially when it goes away from me, right? So I remember like getting like, I got like, I was like, I got a couple tackles and I was like, hmm. I think, I don't know, mentally, if something flipped on me, I was like, I started figuring out what was going on without anyone telling me. And I think I had like twelve tackles that game, maybe more than that. I I didn't. I just I hear Brit Hawkins, Brit Hawkins, Brit Hawkins. I was like, what am I doing? So this isn't the end of the story. It's a long story. So anyway, so Jake Watkins, first string quarterback, throws a ball, hits someone's helmet, breaks his hand, like breaks his finger or something. And I was like, oh crap! I was like, I'm a second string quarterback. I think I know three plays. <laughs> <laughs> veer left veer right fly that was like i was like oh my goodness right so uh the next week of practice freak as it sounds joey kyle was the quarterback jo- joey came in that game and threw for like 250 yards by the way it three two or three touchdowns it was uh-huh. phenomenal next week of practice joey does the exact same thing <laughs> wow it, it was like it was like fate hit me i swear to you right joey boom hits hits his hand breaks it i'm starting Coach Braden looks at me, says, Hawk, get in there. I said, Coach, I know two plays. You... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even lie to him. I was like, how are you going to do me like that? You know what I mean? Are these the eighth grade plays we used to run? Because I got that for you. you know? And he's like, he's like, we're going to run the veer. He's like, we haven't had a running quarterback since Robbie Schroeder, which you probably remember. And he's like, if you look into the hole, if there's a guy there, don't give it to the running back. Just run. <laughs> He's like, if you drop back for a pass, even if it's a slant, a two or three step drop, run. I was like, all right, coach. <laughs> so we get uh and I had and I wasn't taking a ton of reps, a third string quarterback. That was some of the reason I wasn't remembering all the plays. Yeah, especially so, in high school. You don't right, right. So within four days, he was like, We're gonna run these like eight plays. He was like, But I really want you to know this running play because it's a misdirection. I was like, Okay, so we just ran that one, ran that and in three days, we had it all down. We go in to play Waterloo. And I was like, oh, here we go. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I was nervous. That was probably the – Now, this sophomore, junior year. This is my junior year. Junior this is like our third game. I think this mm-hmm. was like – yeah, third game, junior year, basketball season. Like, I had been playing basketball year-round. So, I knew I was physically ready. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know by playing all that off-season basketball, I think, how much – I had improved athletically. Yeah. Kid, kids it, out there, listen, multi-sport. Yeah, multi-sport. I played. Yeah, I basketball, football, track, but I did it year round. And you know, our co- basketball coach at the time, and you know, he take us. I think I played with you. Yeah, or might have been on our yep. team a couple times. Like we go to Kansas, Wisconsin. We would go all over Missouri. I would play because I was young, playing on the team that was younger than me, just to get some more, 
just another opportunity to get better. Plus, I wanted to go score like 40 points a game. Like <laughs> You weren't you doing know. that if Ross was on the team. No, I wasn't. Ross was scoring. <laughs> Ross dribbled three times and shoot that ball. <laughs> Ross was shooting Steph Curry uh, shots. This, this, <laughs> is more about, this is about you. This is about you. <laughs> Probably ruined your basketball career. <laughs> no, no, Ross was awesome. So you know, um, I think the first time, like, I was like, I think I got it. Is like we were on the short side of the field, and I'm retarded, so I audible the play to this short side of the field. That makes, <laughs> and it was a run play. It makes no sense, yeah. right? So like, you audible. I bet the coach was crapping his dude, pants. We we might not have been like right all the way like on the right hash, yeah. but we were pretty close. Yeah. And uh, you know, because the game was like just kind of started, and I hand the ball off, which they thought I was handing it off, and I was like, oh, I was like. That DN just blocked down. I can run. So I pull the ball, and I run over there, and their whole team is, like, on that side of the field. I look over, and I'm like, there's no one on the other side of the field. I was like, I'm going to go back the other way. Reverse. I ran from the right <laughs> sideline all the way across the field to the left sideline and scored, like, a 56-yard touchdown. And, and you then, ran about 83 yards. Yeah, yeah. And ran about, yeah, about 85 <laughs> yards to score one touchdown and – it was insane. And, uh, you know, before the half was up, um, I think I threw like a real long bomb and, and I threw an interception and coach was like, you needed that. You know I mean? You needed that. You needed that to call so me. So you know not to throw the ball yeah. ever again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you do just run, run it, throw the ball, run and catch it. Anytime yourself. you think you should throw it, run it. Anytime well, we you should run it, run it. We had unbelievable athletes, yeah. but, uh, you know, that happened, and, and I felt a lot better. So when the second half came out, I was like, I wonder if I can do that again. And I was running all over the place. <laughs> and they didn't know if I was going to run or going to pass. And I think that just, like, no team knew what to do with that. So mm -hmm. it was it was kind of insane. And so we had a really good running back that year, Lance Bidlack. We also had Nathan Smay. And uh, those guys were nuts. Like, they they rushed for some insane yards. Um, So that year actually – was over but that was like kind of the start yeah so i'm a i'm a sophomore then and all uh -huh. of a sudden you know you see in the telegraph brent hawkins brent at quarterback at quarterback at quarterback uh -huh. you know you go watch them play and you're like this it's unbelievable because i was, I mean, I, I was point, honorable mention yeah, all yeah, conference yeah, I was, you're, you're like in court, i mean almost he was so good you just become like a fan yeah you know? and i remember so you come in then my junior year your senior year and like, man, I can't wait to see Hawkins as a senior. He's going to fucking rip it up. Uh -huh. And he comes in, play with Otto. He's not the quarterback. He's like the fucking yeah. tight end. I'll tell you what I'm happened. Like, I'll tell you what, what happened. What the? <laughs> I want to see this guy run all over the place. Let me tell you what happened. So this is, okay. So before my senior year started, I'd mentioned myself sending out that postcard, right? Yeah. Right? So maybe it was a sixth game in. My coach, Coach Skinner says, I hear Brent Hawkins come to the office. I was like, oh, my God. This is God. your senior year? Yeah. In my junior, junior year, I was okay. like, oh, my God. I never get called to What do you find out about? <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, yeah. I was like, I didn't do. I was like really going back on my weekend. I was like, I didn't do <laughs> <This anything."> weekend. <laughs> you know, small town. You yeah. know, I was like, like cornfield. Like, like, what are we doing shine? that cornfield? Did somebody know something about him? And uh, he calls me and he's like, did you? Did you do something? Did you mail something off? You know, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, me and Luke did. He goes, well, this recruiting service is asking for a clip of you playing playing football. And I was like, um, okay. I was like, well, just send them whatever you think looks best. Like I didn't even know what yeah. this. I didn't even. Yeah. I was yeah. like, whatever, man. It's basketball season. Leave me alone. You know, <laughs> whatever football season. Whatever we were in. 
And uh, like a week or two later, like I'm sitting at my house and uh, that's when we had caller ID. You remember like the caller yeah. ID boxes yeah. and stuff? <laughs> the little kids, they got to remember Greatest that. Greatest invention Caller ever. ID boxes, yeah, right? <laughs> so I'm like looking at our caller ID, the phone's ringing. I was like, I'll get it. I never answered the phone at our house. And it said, West Lafayette, Indiana. I was like, who is this? You know, who, who's calling me? Mm-hmm. Answer the phone. I was like, hey, hello. And he's like, hey, this is Jim Chaney from Purdue University. Is Brent Hawkins there? <laughs> Your first call. First Purdue, call. Purdue. Purdue. Yeah, very first call. <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah. I thought it was my buddy messing with me. I thought it was Luke. He's like, hey, this is Jim Chaney. We want to offer, if Brent's there, we want to offer him a full-ride scholarship. <laughs> Just full. <laughs> I go, screw you, Luke. <laughs> Click. Hung the phone oh. up. <laughs> Hung the phone up. The man calls back. He's like, this is not a joke. I'm Jim Chaney from Purdue University. You can look me up on the internet. We want to offer you a full scholarship. And I like, I was like, hold on for a second. I put my hand on the phone. I was like, mom, get in there. <laughs> hey, but that meant a lot to me that that actually happened because like, I remember like being in like fourth grade, dude. And my mom was working all type of jobs. Just in, She just raised me by herself. But I, I woke up one morning and she was like bawling on the couch mm-hmm. in fourth grade. And she's like, I don't know what's going on with her. Still don't know to this day. But she was like, if you don't get a college scholarship, I can't send you to college. That's what she was crying about. Mm-hmm. I don't know what made her wake up <laughs> yeah. before school and cry about this, but she was crying about this. I was like, all right, I'll get one. You know? And then I got that call and she's like bald like she did that day. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a good And then story. like, and it was crazy because as soon as that happened, um, like the next week, Wisconsin calls. The next week, Michigan calls. The next week, Penn State calls. The next week, Duke is calling. The ne- and I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> that 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 happened to me my senior year, but it was like McMurray, <laughs> Over Stockton, <laughs> Fontbon. Well, those were my basketball offers. <laughs> those those I, were I got, actually my basketball. I got a call offers. from McKendry, but it was the wrong number. <laughs> it was the wrong number. <laughs> Did you uh, is Ty there? <laughs> Did you get? I would have thought that you would have got better offers basketball wise. You, you know what? Any? I almost SIUE or I, any? SIUE did offer me. I would, okay, I would um, thought so. But I didn't if know they didn't, they didn't interview after that senior year where you dominated Alton, <laughs> with like 147 rebounds. I mean, I had 22 rebounds that game against man. Alton High. This is Jerseyville yeah. playoffs. This is a yeah. super se- sectional championship game. Yeah, I was at pissed. SIUE lost by like six points, oh, man. Wow. Mike Mortensen missed that dunk. He did. Oh, really change, don't, really don't do really Mike. Don't do, do it. Hey, man, don't do hey, Mike. Like bad props to Mike. That dude did fucking. He's still dunking. Oh, he's still dunking he looks right like now. he's fucking 21. He does. He's killing it. <laughs> but, you, know, you know, it's funny is uh, I see Michael Stockard at the gym sometimes. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, hey, I, man, I, see I, I was like, I don't, even, I don't even really like seeing you. Like, <laughs> took away but, our glory. We had it. <laughs> so back to what I really want to. So how did it quarterback your junior year? All yeah. this hype the is tight built end, up yeah. to tight end. Oh, okay. So senior year starts. For some reason, the paper feels like. Just because I got this scholarship offer that they need to blow me up, even though, and put me on the front of the sports page. Like, you know, they do like the sports report back then. They put yeah. like who they thought was the number one player basically in the year on, on the front of the thing. I was like, I was honorable mention all conference. You didn't put Josh Brokaw on there. You know I mean? Who mm-hmm. probably should have been on there. Or, you know, like other some of these other players, like Brandon Delaney from Highland at the time, like, uh, uh, or anybody else, like on the, they put me just because I had that, that offer, which I thought was kind of weird. I appreciated it, but I don't think I really deserved it. And uh, they were kind of hyping me up, but I think 
that kind of made me better because it gave me a little more confidence. Like, I was yeah. like, maybe I am as good as they there was say expectations that I am. then. Yeah. Well, I didn't even look at it that way, mm -hmm. you know, because I already had a scholarship. I could go clump the year smooth off and <laughs> score one touchdown, and I still was going to Purdue. Probably they weren't going to pull my scholarship. They they promised me. And then like, Whoa. so what made this bad is uh. Oh, yeah. Let me finish this story first. So anyway, can, can, the, can you get the, your boy on point? Hold on, can you no, get him back to the question, well, I keep, Ross? I, keep up. The I wanted to watch you play quarterback in no, all over the place. No, Why did okay. I not get to see so that again? The first, the, first year, the first game of my senior year, we're playing Jacksonville. Everything's smooth. Whatever, whatever. What position are you? I was playing quarterback. Okay. Okay. Second game of the year, we're playing Grant City at our house. And uh, I don't know what was going on. I don't think – I don't want to call nobody out. But, like, we couldn't run the ball very well because the blocking wasn't up to par. How yeah, about I say it like that? Okay, right? I like that. And I said, Coach, I was like, Joey's still awesome at quarterback. He can't throw as far as me, but he's more accurate, accurate than me, and he's really good. Just He knows all the plays. You ain't even got to question him. I was like, I go, put Joey at quarterback and put me at tight end, and then let's just see what happens. So when I moved to tight end – and we start running these plays. I was like, Joey, I went back and I was like, Joey, I was like, they're leaving me open. I was like, throw me the ball. I was like, audible off, like, because I knew all the quarterback plays. I was like, audible off and throw me the ball. He started throwing me the ball. And they're like, what just happened? I'm scoring touchdowns. I was like, <laughs> what is going on? Like, and then like, they're like, oh, okay, go out to wide receiver this time. Let's we'll see what happens. Boom, touchdown. You know, they're like, what is happening right now? Then they're like, hey, go to running back. So every single game, I would play quarterback. Tight end, wide receiver, running back. Just moving your every single time. The, it finally clicked. Hey, we have one of the greatest athletes of all time in this area. Let's just put him wherever the fuck we want. <laughs> but, but, but I think I think when I started doing that, I was like I was like, man, I was like I think I'm good. Yeah, I mean like I think I'm better than I think I might be. You know. And then they put me on defense, and I was an all state uh, strong safety. But you know, we played like a monster, so I kind of was playing like middle linebacker you're only seven uh -huh. yards off the ball at safety i was like i'm about to wreck house <laughs> like i couldn't wait but we had a guy named brian ford uh god bless his soul brian was like 160 pounds but he was so fast at nose guard he was so disruptive it made everyone else look way better probably than we were like and that's what i like about jerseyville football they'll take a guy and just give him a persona and he won't act like this in, in class but when he steps on that field, he's someone else, which mm -hmm. is where you are supposed to lose yourself, right? Yeah. And you get on there, and I'm like, look. And really, I don't think I've ever been as proud as I was probably in high school looking at some of the people that I played with, Caleb Good, you know, uh, uh, just different guys we had on our team and our defense. And I'm like, wow. I was like, these guys are not these people on this field. But when they And we all had problems in our life. But when we get on here, like, mm. we're cohesive. We are we are collective. And, 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 and that was a really good feeling. And that was the reason I played so many positions, and you didn't really see me at quarterback. Um, you know, sorry, fanboy. You didn't sorry, get to see man. Quarterback, put your yeah. Brent Hawkins puffy finger. Yeah, down. man. I, and and I didn't even care because you know at that point uh, I wanted to win so bad. I didn't care if my stats were watered. I didn't care if Purdue revoked their scholarship. I just wanted to win the state championship. I, I, I swear to you, I did not care at all. Can, can I tell you what's funny about that is that you say that is that Ross and I were you know we did a little research and we we're kind of looking up your stats and we mm -hmm. saw that you're all state you know mm -hmm. that year but we're looking at your stats and your stats don't look that good we're like, no but that's 
but if that you, answers our question because you you had a little bit of stats in everything. I you're did, running I the did, ball. You're, I, you're running. I, but I think it. those other coaches and those other teams just seen that because they're like they're always like watch out for him. You know what I mean? Like because mm-hmm. you you knew if I was going to wide receiver, like they were they were gonna throw me the ball. <laughs> like I mean, I mean it, being the only person of color on the team, also as well, like. <laughs> Wherever I was going, you couldn't miss me. They couldn't like hide me in no type of jumble formation. I was there. The blue didn't. The blue didn't mask yeah. in with the, with the dark skin. You know. And I and I kind of forgot about that. You played a lot of safety. Yeah, so I played that a lot would, of that safety. Would, that would answer like why you didn't have didn't as have many sacks. sacks. We're like, man, he probably had yeah. sack a game or but two. I, you know? But I did have a whole bunch of my junior year, and I don't even yeah. think we were tracking them. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, like. Especially against Batalto. I'm just saying. Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, uh, most of our listeners come from Batalto. Yeah, so I know. If that's, you could only say good things yeah. about them, that'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I lost my train, train of thought. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we kind of talked. About, and I go, well, probably he's the best dude on the field every time. And then he comes in to play a town like Bethalto or Highland or whoever. They're probably sending freaking three dudes at him every time. See that? Go block 44. You know what? I'll, I'll say this. I, I was especially mad at Andy Prane. Oh, my, my uh, boy. The Prane train? My senior year because. <laughs> He's probably dirty. They <laughs> <laughs> Biting your they, ankles. <laughs> there was some type of play that running play that they ran. And I'll be damned. Andy Prane, I didn't know he had the ball, and I let him literally run right by me, and he smacked me on the ass. <laughs> Sounds he like smacked me right on my ass, <laughs> running into the end zone, and I was hot. That was it. <laughs> that was the end. I don't think they scored again. I was hot. <laughs> I was hot. And all, don't provoke that oh, dude. That's I was the, Reinhardt, so, you got to tell you, don't provoke don't, him. Oh, I was don't so mad. Don't oh, that, that was it. That was it, and I lit that thing up. That was it, man. <laughs> you know, what's and for our listeners who don't know, uh, now Jerseyville, Jerseyville yeah. is a small. I can. It's a rural town. I love it. You know, yep. it's it's about ten thousand people, but yeah. there's really no towns like around it. It's kind of just set out kinda in the middle itself. of cornfields. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's always been thought of as farming town. It is. We've always thought of them as country kids and oh, things yeah. like even even from being the big metropolis of Bethalto, There's only you know, ten thousand people here, but it's <laughs> but it's con- that. but it's but it's connected to like I mean Alton, Wood River, Roxana. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. all sort of one big giant freaking discombobulated mess. Do you know what I'm saying? But yeah. Jerseyville is just kind of set on of its own little island in the middle of, with corn around it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I mean that's where that's where you came from. And, and well, like you said, you were I mean <clears> were there other were there other people of color in the in the school? I know you said you were the only um, black kid on the team. My cousins but- were there, but. They not one didn't play sports and then one was like in choir as a girl, right? Mm-hmm. So she didn't do anything. And uh my cousin Paula actually was like super athlete up there too. She was with she played with like Amy Mortensen, Katie Mortensen, mm-hmm. Becky Cox, like Brian Kaufman, those girls, like when they were like they never could make it to the state, but they were like so good all the time. Um and then we had another guy come and he actually played football. His name was Josh Ackles. Uh he was multi race. And uh, he was pretty good as well, but it, it really for kind of was only me. Like, yeah, you know, and and I never had a problem with that, and that's one thing I can say. Because uh, people would assume that you did, probably. Yeah, you know they could saying? assume that. I've even heard. Um, I met a guy a couple years ago, and he's like, "Oh, you're Brent Hawkins. You're from Jerseyville." He's like, "I was like, yeah." He's like, "We thought a white family adopted you," and I about <laughs> died laughing. I was like, "I was like, you would think that." I was like, "It's messed up." Like, no, you know what I mean. That that did not happen. Uh, actually. I don't live in Jerseyville. 
Yeah, so, Ross said you're out in the country. Yeah, yeah. Ross has been out to my house enough mm-hmm. to come get me because I didn't have a car. So appreciate them rides, <laughs> Ross. So um, when I when I was younger, I grew up like on a farm, like off Ingham Lane, which is Jersey County, and I think maybe some of my seclusion probably made me better as an athlete. And I mean, I couldn't get in trouble. Was I going to go to push a cow over? I lived on a farm. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, so what I would do is I'd get up and I'd have to help like on the farm. Did blue not, collar. It's blue yeah, collar. You're did not get yeah, paid. Yeah. Found mm-hmm. out I need to lift weights. I'd mm-hmm. leg press the lawnmower. Like <laughs> as stupid as that sounds, Mr. Mungy was our basketball coach at the time. He says, hey, you need to go shoot a thousand shots a day to be good. I took that to heart. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you did too. I've yeah. seen you. I've seen your work ethics. So I know you did it. But, like, I didn't have anything to do anyway. I was like, well, guess I'll go up, run a couple miles, come back, help Grandpa, and I'll just play basketball all day, you know? Mm-hmm. And you know why I couldn't dribble in high school? I'm going to tell you this, why I couldn't dribble in high school, guys. I'm telling you. Because okay. I ain't a number of rocks. <laughs> <laughs> okay? You dribble at the I, – I, I dribbled on rocks like I dribble in real life. So I couldn't do that. I, I had about two strong dribbles, and I had – if it didn't get past, I might as well just fell on the ground. It just it, – it, it, So when you started dribbling on a, on a, on a level surface, you still – you I dribbled still like, it was on, like, like it was on, on rocks. rocks. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. You ask anybody I played that. Yeah, Hawk was good, but boy, if he took off. He didn't get rid of that ball in three dribbles. It was – now you you kind of talked about you 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 kind of grew up poor. I yeah. You said I think your word was in the mud. In the mud, dead yeah. in the mud. Oh yeah. But but I didn't even know I was poor. I didn't right. know I didn't know I was poor till I got to junior high school. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny as I think I was like American Eagle. I was like, what is American <laughs> Abercrombie and Fitch? Yeah. Like, what is this? What where is that from Walmart too? Because mine says Catalina. <laughs> you know you know them shirts from Walmart got you know it's like a. Red, white, and blue, you know, at the time back then. But, but, you know, I wasn't ashamed of that, man. Yeah. I, I really I really didn't care. And no one treated me differently. Uh, you know, as far as junior high school and everything, every place like that, and, and being the only kid of color, I think there was a girl. Uh, there was a girl. There, I don't think there was for sure another black girl. And she was from Fielden, of all places. Fielden. <laughs> yeah, Fielden, of all places. And she was in our school, too. And uh, But she didn't, she didn't like play any sports or nothing like mm-hmm. that. But, you know... I mean, there was some stuff that may have happened, but it was nothing like I could like, like, oh, this was so racist or, or I would bring up or that I really even care about because we were kids, you know? Well, anything when you're good, if you have long hair, someone's making fun of you. If you're fat, someone's making, it doesn't matter when you're kids. But but really, you know, that was one thing I was worried about. And to be honest, like I had anxiety, which no one knows for a long time because of that, Mm -hmm. you know, I think I just kind of like kept it into myself, but you grow up, you 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 get some real friends, and and you come out of your shell, and then you kind of see like you can shape your own life. It doesn't matter like where you start, black, white, Mexican, whatever, whatever you are. Like you can shape who you are as a person and become who you want. Like if someone's being racist, if someone's saying something crazy to you, it's just another form of negativity. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and you can bypass all that stuff. I didn't need. I mean, my mom would try to like motivate me, but like, you know, you got to do this, honey, and did it. I'm like, mom, I know. Thank you for telling me that, but I, I got that anyway. Maybe I just inherited it from you, like inherently, whatever. But like, I'm I'm good, you know what I mean. And I just I don't know. I think I just tried to kill people with kindness and be who I am all the time. I'm I am still the exact same person that everybody met like when I was in high school. Like ain't nothing changed. Like yeah, you know. And that's the one thing to say about Brent is like you know he's made it to the NFL. You know he's in bodybuilding. He's done all this. You know, and like. He's still like I don't know if there's anybody that doesn't really like him. You know what I'm saying? It's just a, a nice not. freaking dude. Always oh, the life of the party. He walks right in. It's like 
<laughs> like didn't miss a yeah. beat. I think <laughs> I pissed off like ten people even like walking in. He walks like, into the brick house, flips off the house. <laughs> I was like, "What's up? Flip it off." You know, I'm gonna be who I am. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm, I don't think that I'm a bad person. If anybody thinks but, I'm a bad person, well, I feel sorry for you. Yeah, so whatever. It's probably I, I it's, doubt anybody thinks it's, so. probably, it's probably their fault. Probably yeah. their fault. So then we'll touch. So we'll, you got anything else there? Uh, no. Okay. No. So you decide to go to Purdue. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, that before, was weird. That whole process actually was weird. But we'll get in. But first, I want to talk. Did Illinois offer you? No. Isn't that fucking crazy? That is crazy. Crazy. Hey, and I would have went on a. I would have pulled my verbal from Purdue and went to Illinois later on because I would keep all those letters and I mm-hmm. wouldn't open them all after I kind of like uh, gave my verbal. I ended up opening this after I was already at Purdue. I'd came back and I'd had them put on my bed. And Illinois put like because of limitations at your position, we cannot offer you a scholarship at this time. That's all, exactly all what that letter better says. schools that in the will, conference <laughs> hey, is at, offering this kid at the very end of all of it. Like, like at the end of the season, like in track season, Miami sent me a letter, <laughs> and I was like, These Illinois, freaking gosh! I, I I was like, what? What that's you insane. pompous that's assholes for not <laughs> just give me an offer, even if you didn't want me, and just say just help me out. How you can know they I mean? not find you a position? I don't know. You played them all. I don't. I don't <laughs> right? know. It's not like they never send a scout down to watch me. Yeah. They were having scouts down and coming and watching my basketball practices my senior year. Football was done. Mm-hmm. Like I'd already committed. Colorado came. They said they wanted to play wide receiver. Hawaii came. Like yeah. what? Yeah, that Come is on, insane. Illinois. They did me wrong. I was hurt. I was hurt. So, why did you choose Purdue? And then we'll talk about that process. Okay. The first ones that called him, man. <laughs> some of that is the, some of that yeah. is the reason. Well, there's gonna be um, something you said for that. You yeah, know? absolutely. Some of that's the reason. And then you know, um, I knew Joe Odom. I didn't. I knew of Joe Odom. I didn't know Joe real no, well. No, Joe, Joe Odom is a kid from Bethalto, where we right. do the podcast from, uh, who made it to the NFL, and mm-hmm. he went. He Played at Purdue. Yeah. And, uh, well. You guys are very similar sort of, you know what I'm saying? Just yeah. like big guys, fast, ran yeah. trash. Joe was know, a just, ridiculous athlete. Yeah. Joe was a, he did get, the man's ridiculous. Just a He's good probably going to beat up Ross for saying that, uh, that you're the, the best athlete to come out of this area. So. Joe couldn't play basketball. <laughs> Joe couldn't shoot a basketball. If Joe shot a basketball, he'd have to shoot it from like. I, I said the, athlete, the not other, football, Joe. The other, <laughs> the other free throw line and the, on the opponent's side, it'd be like three-quarter court free throw. Joe's so, fa- who was faster, you or Joe? I don't know. Joe played middle linebacker. It, he, I think he, at the end of the day, probably I ended up being faster, but like Joe put a whole bunch of weight on, and Joe was like really, really solid – at what he did, uh, mm-hmm. even with back issues, like I Joe just thought, I heard back. more about him in track than I did. Oh, you. oh yeah, yeah, Joe was super fast in high school, mm-hmm. uh, as far as tracks concerned. I think Joe only probably might have weighed 180, 200 pounds somewhere in that range. When I yeah. seen Joe in college, when, Joe was two fifty. When he came <laughs> back after his freshman year, he was he, huge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we we grew up poor, we couldn't eat. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Joe, yeah, Joe ramen it, noodles yeah. and saltines and expect to put on weight. It ain't yeah. gonna happen. He kind of you know had the mean? same kind of upbringing you did a lot yeah. in a lot of ways. Just yeah. not you're not growing up with very much. You yeah, know? yeah. So how did how did how did you choose Purdue? So Purdue, um, I think once they were able to, I was able to go make a visit, right? And uh, they had me come up and. Who's going to show me around? Joe Odom. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, that's why I brought Joe up. So I get there. Joe shows me around. We go out, kind of have a good time. He shows me the whole football building, shows me what it's like up there. And they're, they're, they're just giving me the, like the five star treatment. I wasn't even a five star recruit. I was like a four star recruit. And they're mm-hmm. giving me like the five star treatment. Like it was just great. Um, I really liked their coaching. 
I like the guy I was talking to. I love their facilities. They had just came off that Rose Bowl win. Mm. Like, I think something. Drew Brees. Well, Drew Brees, but something happened during my, like, okay. so Drew like, Brees came to one he, of his high school He did, games. but I'm going to tell you why this happened. He came to a high school game. I'm going to tell you why I think this happened. For one, um, Caleb Good, he had a cousin that played on the team, and he was good friends with, like, best friends with Drew. I think they're best friends now. Seems been something. And, uh, but I kept, uh, calling coach chain. I'm like, Hey, like I worked at the stadium movie theater in Jerseyville at the time. Like, so that's, so like <laughs> I was getting phone calls at the movie theater from like the university of Wisconsin. They were calling me at my buddy's Todd's house. Like they're calling me. I was like, how are you guys getting these phone calls? <laughs> <laughs> how are you getting these? I swear that the university of Wisconsin wanted me <laughs> like that's when they had ron dane like they really wanted me it was like insane i could not believe ron the school dane. was like hustling me and i and then all of a sudden drew's gonna come down to your game and wants to talk to you <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like i never said i was gonna like you know renege on uh, my verbal i was like what's yeah. going on he's like no drew drew's definitely gonna come down. <laughs> Resting drew down so uh, <laughs> go that, close this yeah, course, yeah, drew. yeah go, go close this one out drew bring it home <laughs> So so that happened, and that helped. You know what I mean? And I just like their coach, Steph. We had a couple guys actually from Jerseyville. The Norman brothers both went to Purdue. I think one of them transferred to Carbondale, but uh, he came and talked to me and spoke to me about the school. He had a bull ring to himself. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was really cool. I don't even think I took another visit that I can even think oh, of. Oh, really? No. I was going to ask that next. I don't, think I, I don't think I went anywhere. I think I went, I went up there and like, Science. I was sold. Well, my coaches got, got to go too, so that was cool. And then they yeah. took, I think a couple other players on the team, either we went to watch a game once, or I think I went up there twice. Yeah. And they came. So I think my coaches were like, we think this will be a good school for you. It's an engineering school. Like, we think it'll be like. It's... So your first year. Oh, yeah. You redshirt. Yeah. Only because I got you hurt. You got hurt right off the bat. Yeah. I did. So. Everything was going really good. My roommate at the time was Kevin Noel. I think he had went to like Naperville Central, but he was ranked like the 11th wide receiver like in the state. And once again, here my humbled butt goes into practice, and I don't realize how well that I'm doing. I think I'm just doing okay. I think I was doing more than okay. And uh, they weren't going to redshirt me, and I didn't know until I got until I got hurt. Like so, me and my roommate of all the freshmen that were there, like, and I got I was in there with Kyle Orton, which I don't know if Orton got redshirted. He might have got redshirted that year. But, uh, yeah, I wasn't going to get redshirted. I had no clue till I got hurt. And they're like, oh, no, we think you were good enough to, like, play now. Yeah. You know, and, you know, when the other linebackers hear that, that doesn't make people too happy. <laughs> and uh, to be honest, like, when I was at Purdue, man, like, I got a lot of shit. Like, they'd be like, why you talk so proper? Where are you from? Like, uh, why are you like that? Why, uh, why are you who you are oh, as really? a person? And I was like, well, well, it really doesn't really matter who I am as a person because, you know, I don't, I don't got to talk to any of you. I don't care. So I kind of just made my own little pack of friends. So you went up there as a linebacker. Yeah, I went there as a linebacker. Right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that this is also the start of my DN career, also with some freak stuff. So I went up there as a linebacker, knowing, I was gonna be, knowing that I was going to be a linebacker. And it was weird. And I'll tell all you kids out there to work your butt off. Because when I graduated high school... When I graduated, I was 195 pounds. I could bench 225 pounds one time, maybe, <laughs> maybe twice. They Purdue sends me their, uh, you know, they send the guide out. 
Yeah, uh, what you should be doing before you get on campus. That and they that. sent me like the program guide, like the yeah. real thick one, showing like here's the football team from the year before. I started looking how much those linebacker weighs, and I was like, <laughs> oh my god, they're so big, I'm gonna get crushed. Yeah. Like this is gonna look bad. So I stayed in that freaking gym three months with Mark Hayes. I'll never forget. Balls to the wall. Got my bench from like I said. So that happened in what May, I guess. When I when I graduated and I went there, I got there in August. So I maxed two twenty five there. When I got to Purdue, I maxed out at three twenty. Wow! So three months later, yeah, yeah, and, wow. and I went from one ninety to two twenty five. Wow. That's how hard I was working. Like that's how hard I was working. You got to put in the work. You can't sit around playing Fortnite, yeah. doing all that mess. Because you know, now we live in like a me generation. It's like me, 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 me. I didn't have that. I just wanted to win, 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 win. <laughs> <laughs> and and it was me, but I just just knew I had to give more. Like it's it's too laid back. Now. People don't realize and kids don't realize what the college game is compared to like what the high school game is oh my god how much the step up in uh the step up in competition and and the athletic ability right yeah it it's uh it's ridiculous okay so we had this running back on the team named joey harris i didn't know joey harris was the 80th fastest man in the world (laughs) uh yeah he's from texas go figure right and Joey's such a nice guy. And I had seen him. I was like, man, that dude's quick, right? So this is my first time being on, like, open field. And you're getting coached to have, like, designated areas because that's what it is when you play a linebacker. Don't go past this point because someone's got that. And stay in this and play on the hook. Like, it's kind of weird being in space. Mm-hmm. So I see exactly what's happening on this run play. And I'm about to go make this, like, bomb-ass play on Jerry <laughs> Harris. I got him dead to rights. And I have never seen someone – cross their legs over in like that juke cutback stuff like he did that to me and i just whiffed at the air coach said welcome to the big 10 huh? <laughs> and and at that point uh, and then i was like i was like i gotta improve and at that point you'd always been the fat because that's you, yeah. you're the big dog in high school oh, you're yeah. the fastest guy on the well, field well, no one could ever do that i was getting you. all the other running backs i couldn't get that guy <laughs> and he wasn't even the starter like yeah. i was like oh my goodness i was like how freaking insane is this guy like and i just could not believe Someone existed that could flip their hips like that. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I can't wait to get trained by the coach, Coach Lathrop. He's at, actually at Illinois State now, and my old linebacker coach there is a head coach at Illinois State too. So, oh, nice. Yeah. But that that was insane. That was when I knew, like, that speed of the game is ridiculous. Like, yeah. don't ever think you know or think you're a, you're a badass in high school and you know what's going on. I mean, if you can get over, up there and hang with those guys at a D1 school, like, then you can be like, no, oh, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm all right. But when you get up there – them first couple plays, even even the speed of, of big guys, I think that's what got oh, me the yeah. most. Like, there was like big guys running like four eight. I'm like, yeah. you weigh two hundred ninety pounds. <laughs> like, how'd you just run a four eight? And they would get off of the ball faster than I would, and I'm fifty pounds less. That explains right. like how much you know, you know, innate talent they had, but how hard they worked to just gain that speed. And that gives tributes to the coaches. Like, yeah. that's insane. You can't. They say you can't teach speed, but yeah, you can just run faster. <laughs> run faster so, all the time you knew you had a decent pretty decent sophomore year yeah you say right yeah i didn't do bad at all um i was actually that actually was some of the reason i left actually purdue so when my sophomore year started after i rehabbed my thumb because that's i my thumb like uh we we're in a silly play and my thumb actually reached back and like hit my arm like i thought i broke it but i just ripped every ligament in there 
So I came back rehabbed and I got, I went from 225 up to like 240 something. And that's something that we were progressively working on. Like they wanted my weight up so bad. They were making me like wake up at like 6 a.m. in the off season. I have to go meet coach. Oh, and he'd watch me eat. Well, let me, people let me, don't understand it, that. Like, well, well, let me, let me just stop you there. And this is cause you know, I train athletes all the time yeah. and they come into the gym and they, they'll work their butts off in the gym. And I tell them, listen, if you're not eating, yeah. we can't build, I can't do it. Like, like muscle isn't made from the air. You can lift all you want. hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? I was, it's like building a house. You can have all the tools and go out there and do all the work. But if you don't have the materials, the materials building a right. body is food. And, and I have a coach. I don't, I don't just look like this by myself. I have a coach. His name's Justin Horrell out of Arizona yeah. and he's coaching me right now. So like, you know, it's easier. I could probably do it myself, but it's a lot easier knowing someone who's like is specific. Yeah. You know, he's like, eat this, change that, eat this. And the things they do with your food, and you're right. Like, if you don't have the the, the base, you know, to and you just want to go like eat lettuce and jump on a treadmill, it's not going to work. Like, you got <laughs> like all you know. Parents will tell me they'll send me their kid and they'll say, "I want to gain 25 pounds." I'm like, "Well, we're going to do the right work here. What's right. he eating?" I, I go, "They got to eat." I'm like, yeah. oh, he eats all the time. I'm like, well, what, what's he have for breakfast? Well, he doesn't really like little Johnny doesn't really like to eat breakfast. Well, and then yeah. well, so you're telling me the first time he eats is probably lunch. I eat school, six times a which day, which is a pizza and some uh, yeah. some fries. Yeah. Then he doesn't eat again, goes to practice, and doesn't eat again until he gets home, and and probably eats a lot when the well, parents see well, him. I don't think that parents understand uh, basketball, football, track, whatever they're doing. Like, and and I never thought about it before until I got in the NFL and they gave me a nutritionist. Is that they're like you guys burn like six to seven thousand calories at practice and i was like there's no way i was like there's no way i'm doing that yeah and then like i started like researching it kind of like when i became a personal trainer i was like i bet i was definitely burning that because like <laughs> during the i'd start the season out like 240 and i remember in college before one of our games i just stepped on the scale just hadn't stepped on i was 222 uh-huh. i was 222 and i was like oh i was like man, lost I almost 20 like, pounds without even trying i was like man i better bring it tonight i, better, <laughs> I was like i bet i sped up real bad and went out had five sacks you know what i mean but like, you know you can't catch that you know what i mean but i yeah. knew because i was smaller and you know my coach in college was teaching me to play small if that if that sounds right usually I say play big but he was teaching me to play small he's like he ain't the biggest guy out there he's like run he's like speed kills watch dry Feeney. watch all this but yeah we'll get to that later but stay low, things like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then your, your sophomore year, is that when they transitioned you to defensive end? Yeah, well, that's what that's exactly what happened. Uh, we had a blitz package that we ran, and it would call for the outside linebacker to come up to the line and rush the court, rush the tackle because the end was going to make an inside move. Well, every time I did that, I was, I was hitting our quarterback. It was Brandon Hans at the time. And uh, they're like, don't touch the quarterback. That's a, that, never heard that before, you know. I was, I was going to hurt him. Yeah, you know I mean, and they're like, don't touch him. Oh, my God. And uh, our coach, uh, the D-line coach was Coach Emanuel, and he was like, oh, I see you coming off that edge, Hawk. I was like, oh, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, shut up, you know. I'm a linebacker. And uh, he's like, I'm going to have you down there with me. He's like, you gained 10 pounds. You can be a DN. I was like, they're just going to let me move like that? He called me in his office. Yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like, if you can gain 10 pounds, he's like, you're so fast at 10 yards. He's like. He's like, uh, and you can keep your speed. He's like, you can play defensive end. I was like, okay. So I put, and, and you don't got to think as much. And like, I was catching on to the defensive, uh, excuse me, the linebacker stuff, but like, it is so much easier to play defensive end. Like, I'll say this if you're a linebacker, especially a middle linebacker, you're a special type of person because, you know, people in high school can play it, anybody can. But when you step up to college, like, all that changes. You're a quarterback. Yeah. Like, you got to read de- defenses. 
do all just read everything switch things shift the line do different things like it's 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 really tough you can't just go out there and play football you got to be a student of the game like you got to eat breathe it like it just has to be what it is like put down the beer put down the girls <laughs> screw that you can do all that later like just if you love it and you got the passion for it just go push for it right now so then you transfer to illinois state yeah where are when you look back right now you're like that's the best decision i made um that's a funny story. So when I transferred, actually, so I was telling you guys about how because it worked out. It did work out. Uh, so I told you guys that I uh, had to go to that breakfast club and had to eat, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, well, that actually kind of gave me an eating disorder. Like uh, when I met you and I, at Lewis and Clark when we played basketball for that little time there, um, like I could barely eat like a McDonald's meal without gonna like feeling like I was gonna throw up, like. It had, it had messed me up. like uh, Because you were forcing yourself to eat? I felt like I'd start eating, and it felt like I was forcing myself to eat. So, wow. yeah, so I had, like, an issue I had to get over. Hmm. And uh, I didn't get over that till like, probably, like, at mid-semester that year. Wow. And it was kind of crazy. That's crazy. So when we were playing basketball with Lewis and Clark, um, I called Mizzou. And I think you remember, I was like, hey, I got to go down here for a visit. Yeah, I went with you. Yeah. Yeah, you did go with me. I was like, because I want to see what's going on. So we get down there and everything's fine. The visit went well. We watched the game, went out, you know, whatever. Came back. Um, and I think I was going to Illinois State like two weeks later or something. And uh, I was actually talking to Galen Scott, who who I think he was he might be coaching at V Tech now, but at the time he was a linebacker coach. And uh, I was like, man, I was like, Mizzou offered me a scholarship and they dropped it. And he goes, yeah. He's like, I know about that. And I was like, know about what? He said, well. It's like when you left Purdue, they called up there and someone said, you got in trouble with guns. You got in trouble with this. I was like, I was academic all Big Ten. I was like, you can look that up. I was like, I've never been in trouble in my life. Purdue was pissed you left. They were pissed. Ah, I didn't tell anybody. Dirty. I just left. I told them I was going to leave. You know yeah. what I mean? So anyway, yeah, that, that was bad. Now they said that. Whether that be true, whether that not be true, I don't know. I'm not putting names on nothing or nothing, but that's just what I heard. So I go to Illinois State. They're like, we don't care. They're like, come up for a visit. We'll judge your character. That's exactly what they said. I was like, fine. So I went up there. They're like, treat me like God because they want me to sign so bad. And uh, they do it to everybody they want. And uh, you kids will see that. If you if you make it, you'll see. And uh, <laughs> you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, they're being like real nice, you know. And they're like, ah, we can see all that. What they said was bull crap, you know. And they're like. I don't know if they thought I was going to go somewhere else or I was looking, but I don't think they knew. I thought they thought like other schools wanted me, but they didn't know they were the only one. Like they're, <laughs> they're like the only one I call. I was like, man, why are they being so nice? Like I'm coming. Like, man, my buddy Luke Kyle, I was playing football. There. I was like, I'm definitely coming, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, they were like, well, what? Uh, I, I go meet Denver Johnson in his office. He was the head coach at the time. Coach Johnson says, what can we do to make you sign here? I was like, give me number 57. <laughs> He was like, done. <laughs> so I was cool. So I get, I actually get there, funny story. And uh, I'm there like my first week. And this kid's like, give me this bad look. He's like, he's like a long sniper. His name is Jim Sharfman. And he says, Jim used to be 57. <laughs> Jim, <laughs> Jim, Jim used to be, used to be 57. <laughs> he says, you're the asshole who took my number, aren't you? And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I thought it was just open. He goes, no, they took it from me. <laughs> Like they gave me like 82 or something. Come on, Jim, you're a long I, dude, I had no clue they gave me that man's number. Just snatched his number from him. 
and gave it to me. Yeah, it was insane. So <laughs> so that Jim. so that did work out for me. Um, when I got to Illinois State, um, you know, switch and taking a year off football, I thought maybe I would like lack something, but I think like. Because we played basketball and we were so active all the time, like Doug Stotler practice. That Doug, Biggie, Big Doug, got you ready for the defense. Had me ready, man. (laughs) I dunked that big ball. Remember that? Hey, Doug. Yes. Well, actually, we got in trouble so much in practice. There was no way I wasn't going to be in shape when I got the when I got there. That was crazy. And then you guys were super competitive, and I wasn't used to running against basketball players anymore. Anymore. Doug made us run the three miles. Robbie ran it in like what, fifteen minutes? Yeah, he killed it. You killed it in like eighteen or nineteen minutes. No, I, I, no. I was right behind Robbie. But. <laughs> hey, hey, I was so mad when Pete beat me. Pete Dugan beat me in the three mile, and I'm, that's the last thing I'm going to say about Pete Dugan. Pete Dugan. <laughs> I must have been sick that day, and Pete Dugan got me. That's the only thing he ever beat me at in life. How about that, right there? <laughs> So your first year at Illinois State, we know you. I mean, you absolutely killed it that second year. What was mm-hmm. your first year like? Uh, my first year was a lot of bad decisions. Um, <laughs> partying too much. I was what? partying too much. I mean, it wasn't just me. I mean, I was walking into a team that maybe won a game or two the year before. When I got there, I really wasn't expecting um, it to be how it was. I mean, the coaching staff was fine, but us as players, like we just weren't there mentally. Yeah. Like everybody was going out, living a college life. And sometimes that can happen because you, as you know, when you play college sports, like you're kind of on their time all the time. Yeah. And you know, you, you go to classes, you have practice, you may have study hall that was mandatory for us to go to. And then when you're done, it's like nine o'clock in life and, and at night. And then sometimes that can be overbearing for, for certain people. So, we just all took it upon ourselves to just do whatever we wanted to. And and, and that was a wrong decision. And, uh, you know, all of us stayed eligible. I don't know how, but we did. And uh, we were just partying too much, and we won, like, four games. And we were, we were terrible. Yeah. We were terrible. And uh, we got some new coaches uh, coming up through that next year. Okay. And, things uh, change. Things change. Things change. So what changed for me personally is that we had uh, – uh, Coach Tierlink from the Indianapolis Colts. His son had like just graduated high school or got his master's degree or whatever, but he was like a JUCO All American. Um, and uh, he came to us and he was like two years older than us, so he like immediately connected with with us. But then we had like our individual meetings, you know, that that spring during spring ball, and <laughs> we're sitting in our meeting and it's just me and him in there, and he's like pulling up the film. We're like going through the film. He's like, nah, nah. He's not even talking. He's like going, yeah. And he goes, he goes, I don't know if you got it. And I was like, got Ooh. what? He's like, I don't know if you can play in the league. And that pissed me off. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Were you even thinking league at this time? Or he just said it. Like, not, don't tell me that. Not really. I was just thinking I'd go to school and and do it. It was like the, my same thought mentality I had in high school. I didn't think enough of myself, I yeah. think. And, uh. You know, he's like, I don't think you got it. He's like, but I can work on you, and I can I can make you real good. And I was like, well, just show me what you got going on, bro. Yeah, so he, he used that. He, he knew what he was he did, doing. He did it on purpose. <laughs> uh, I think he saw, like, how athletic I was in his eyes, and he knew I wasn't seeing it, I think. And he said that on purpose to, to, to hit that deal and start that fire. So the next day, he's got, like, five CDs. I was like, what are you doing? He was like, these are all Dwight Freeney. Uh, Dwight Freeney plays. 
all his sacks from the last four or five years. And this is like, linebacker that played for the Colts. He was a DN. He says, Dwight, he's like, just study these. He's like, pick three moves you like. He's like, and we'll, that's all we're going to work on is three whole moves for the whole season. I was like, all right, man, shit. Right. So I get my three moves and we got to practice. And we're like, usually a coach will be like, here, now do your move. He wouldn't do that. He literally had like cone set up. He goes, I want you to walk them all first. And I was like, all right. I was like, whatever you say, I'll do it, you know. And so we're walking, and then, like, we got a new strength coach, and he was an asshole, and I didn't care for him at the time. And Which I, means he worked your ass. He, <laughs> he, did, he was good. Well, he was really well, good. Well, I, I end up respecting the hell out of him. Uh, he, I don't know if he was the greatest strength coach, but he had put two guys around him that were phenomenal. And he did know some, but the team they all created as a whole was was outstanding. And yeah. they were young guys, too. They are really, really good. And, um, you know, I really took my weightlifting extremely serious. And more serious than I'd taken probably the whole time. Probably I would go back to probably when I was like a freshman in college. I was yeah. taking it that serious. And, uh, and now you got somebody teaching you these moves. But of, he's not just teaching pro. me. He's breaking it down, like, to the basics of it. And he's like... When you get to this point in this move, there's two options, not just this one, after I learned how to do it. Yeah. And so once he started showing me, once we mastered like these steps in these three moves, he was like, now you can do this other stuff because I think you're that athletic. And so we were having our spring ball – I picked it up in a month is what was kind of insane about it. And so we started having scrimmages, right? And like there was like three NFL scouts coming, and they were coming to look at our linebacker, Cameron Siskowick, right? And I see them like they're down there like watching him, and because we're kind of like twenty yards from each other, doing like our one-on-one individuals and stuff like that. And I don't know what made them, and they're like, I just see them all three look over at me, and I was like, okay. And then like I'm like burning our tackles, like, and then I see them kind of scooch over slightly, and they scooch over a little bit more. (laughs) Then I see notepads, and they're writing, and then uh, uh, the guy was like. He's like, hey, they were writing shit about you. And I was like, no, they weren't, man, dude. I, I'm like 19th team all-conference. Like, <laughs> like, like I, what I am doesn't exist. My name's yeah. not even on any boards. He's like, I'm telling you, man. He's like, they're looking at you. And so each time we had like – and I don't know if I'm just hearing that, like turned me into something different. I turned into a unstoppable beast. My coach said, if you're the most in shape and you can be the fastest, he's like, no one's going to stop you. Not not at all. Like, I don't care who we play. So we're playing first game in that year. So that all passed. His first game of the year is popping up. We're playing Minnesota. That's when they had Mahoney. He was a beast. beast. A beast mode, right? And I was like, oh, man. I was like, I haven't played these guys since I was at Purdue. And I was remember what they did to me last time. They didn't do me too good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and so we're playing them. And I had, like, one and a half sacks, I think, that game. Like, I, I played really well. I was, like, doing well on the, the run. Like, I was, I was doing pretty good. I couldn't believe it. And, uh coach was like oh yeah he's like get some hunting packs that was his big thing hunting packs everybody get there so he had installed a new mentality into our defensive line where we were all kind of like yeah we got to stop the run he's like no he's like he's like play the run on the way to the ball while rushing the passer if that makes sense (laughs) (laughs) that is some great a crazy thing to get in your head but everybody bought in you know what i mean and uh you know, because because our DBs were doing well and because our linebackers were doing well, that's what made me be so successful. And listening to his coaching and stuff like that, it, it changed the way I played. 
like I was progressively getting better each game. Like as soon as class would be over, I'd go straight to the football field and I'd be the only one out there, me and him walking through stuff before a game. I was like, how are we going to play this guy this week? What are we going to do extra to make sure we can defeat this guy? Okay, we don't we aren't so worried about the other tackle because he's not as good as this one. If I can beat the best guy, I can beat every one of them. Yeah. Like they would even line me up at D tackle and I'd just run around the guard. So I mean, you you kind of grew up, you matured, your approach just became different. Oh, uh, the whole thing became different. Uh just with every aspect of football. Like it was just it was life. Like it's all I cared about. Like I just every waking moment. I missed class one day and didn't go and I went to the football office. Our defensive coordinator called me on the phone. He's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Where are you at?" I had my I was on the field with my cell phone. He didn't know I was there. He's like, I was like, "I'm outside." He's like, "You're supposed to be in class right now. Your teacher called me." And I was like, you want me now or you want me Sunday? <laughs> he go, he goes, don't do it again. And just let me go. And But he knew, like, I wasn't, like, messing off or anything like that. Like, I was super serious. And, and all our coaches were extremely serious. And um, and you put in the hard work, and that ends up being your best and I year did, ever. I did. And, and, and I put in a ton of hard work, but everybody did. Mm-hmm. Like, we were getting up doing – like we made for sure everybody was trying to beat everybody else. We were staying extremely competitive without being cocky, like one individual being cocky. And it was like I knew I knew our D tackle had a faster get off than me. So every time I was putting 110% effort in practice, it was snowing outside. We're outside. I'm still trying to beat everybody. Like mm-hmm. I didn't give a shit. Like there was not I don't remember one time during my senior year that I took a playoff that I that I took a practice off. Like, they were so mad at me in practice. They're like, why are you doing this practice? I was like, this is where I'm going to be the best. It's like, if I, I got to play, I got to practice how I play. And if I don't do you right now, I'm not going to be my best out there in that game. I was like, I'm not, you're not a tackling dummy to me. You're just a means to an end, just like I'm a means to an end for you. Because if I'm better on your ass in practice, you're going to be better too. Like, I was the number two defensive player in 1AA that year. Great yeah. And guess, guess who were all Americans? Our tackles. So, you know what I mean? Like, or, or, or they were pre or late season all Americans. I got some all American yeah. team. Like, they were damn good because we made each other better. And you ended up, how many sacks? I got what? 17 and a half. I went from it's three insane. sacks my junior year to 17 and a half. I got wow. 26 and a half tackles for a loss. And what I'm most proud <laughs> That's of. That's a record. What I'm most proud of is nine forced fumbles. <laughs> nine <laughs> forced fumbles. I was, <laughs> give me that. I, our, <laughs> our coach just said, he's like, you grab that ball, you just be a cheetah yeah. hunting pack. So, like, the quarterback would run, and he'd be, like, in front of me. I'd stick my arm around and pop the ball out. Like, every time I wanted that, he's like, get that ball. Get that ball, Hawk. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. okay get that ball, Hawk. You know I mean? Like, I was like, I was like a rabid dog. Like, one of my, one of my moms said she was sitting in the stands, and um, uh, my buddy Stafford Davis, uh, he was, like, our starting center. His dad was like, that boy's like a cat on crack. I was like, I was like, I, dude, I was out there getting some. I was getting it, man. It, it, funnest time of my life, funnest time playing football. Uh, wish we could have went a little further, but we had a good, we had a good team, and everybody cared. Like, just multi talented everywhere. It was a good, it was a good situation. So then we we've, we've hit. Then you go to the Senior Bowl. You fucking knock it out. Yeah. You get drafted in the fifth round by the Jaguars. Yeah. Spend two years with them. Yeah. That correct. Yeah. So touch base with that. How how the NFL what sticks out about the NFL. Huh. Not um, for long. Not for long <laughs> for sure. So one thing Coach said when we first got there is he said, uh, you know, you're at, you're at the pinnacle of of where you can be. He goes. Now, don't get comfortable just because you're here, right? Yeah. And I think I got slightly comfortable. Like, not at first, just maybe later on a little bit. And it wasn't – 
wasn't that I think I couldn't get cut or anything like that. It was just like I felt comfortable kind of like where I was at, not I knowing. Made, I made it. Not no, Exactly. Not knowing I still was expendable because I wasn't a first-day guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, uh, you know, I still put the work in, though. Um, everybody would go home in the off season. My ass stayed. Gained another 20. I got up to 265 pounds. <laughs> what do you weigh now? Right now, 255 this morning. 265. Kind of ma- <laughs> yeah. Another 10 pounds. I, I was massive. And, uh, like, I remember one of our uh, defensive ends, he was holding out to get, like, uh, the first-round tender deal or whatever. And, like... I came in and he was he was a starter and I was like second string and he came back and he was like, What the hell happened to you? Like I looked that much different. Like I was like, Hey man, I was like, You wasn't here. I was like, I'm trying to start, bro. I'll tell you straight <laughs> up how how it's gonna be, you know. And uh, you know, I, I I did I'm really mad that I got hurt my first year. You know, Sack and McNabb, because uh, I felt like I was really coming Sa- in. Sack and McNabb. Sack and McNabb. Hey, That's Donovan hey, McNabb, hey, Ross. You know I, who that I, is? Yeah, I know. Eagles. But, but I felt like right then I was, like, really coming into my own, like, really, like, feeling comfortable on the field because it's awkward. It's a lot. You know, it, it's scary when you're when you're playing in college and we played Michigan and they're like, we went out where, you know, no one's really in the stands and you come out and you're like, there's 110,000 people in the stands. Like, that, <laughs> yeah. That's insane. You know, yeah. cause a lot of NFL stadiums aren't even close to that big. And, uh, you know, just, it's not about, there's a lot more that goes into that in the NFL game, TV timeouts, bull stuff like that. Like it's, it, it was really different and the life is different and the way people are, are different and everybody's an all American. Like there's, Probably wasn't a person on our team that wasn't an All-American. Right, it, it, right. it, and then you're dealing with people's personas and their attitudes. And the coaches got attitudes as well. So it, I've seen some rough stuff like on the field, some stuff that I just never thought I'd see in my life. I've yeah. seen coaches do some crazy stuff and players do some crazy stuff. Like you got to learn to adapt to the whole situation. And, uh, you know, just you, you got to be a man about it and just be able to keep persevering through that. It was It was messed up. We talked about it earlier. Whenever you and you brought up that running back Harris, the first time you're like, "Oh shit!" Oh this yeah, is a different speed. So when you yeah. went to the NFL, is it even another <laughs> jump? Like, yeah, let me tell you about that. Let me tell you about that speed. That that is hyper speed. Uh, but I caught. I didn't feel like it was too out of the ordinary. Uh, I got drafted for you. <laughs> well, maybe that was a problem too. Like I, because I was fast too, so it really That's wasn't I mean. like it really wasn't like bothering me. But I will tell you, this did happen. Uh, we were doing some type of scrimmage, and they had handed the ball off to Maurice Jones-Drew. Yeah, we were the same draft class. And Maurice is running at me, and that juke took a little too long, and I sna- I smashed him, like, center field, like, boom. Uh, Maurice jumped. Me and her friends, you know, he, he jumps up. He's like, oh, good hit, Hawk. And he's running back, whatever. I was like, yeah, I smashed your ass, you know. <laughs> Coach Del Rio walked up to me. He goes, whispered to me. He goes, that's Jack Del Rio, Russ. Jack Del Rio. He says, uh. If you hit him like that again, I'm gonna send your ass home tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, "What did he just say to me? Don't like, t- don't touch my first don't, round draft. Don't like touch, that. don't touch the future MVP of the league. What are you doing, that you little fifth round draft pick? I couldn't believe he said that to me. And I was like, "Oh shit, this is a different. Like, I had to start thinking." about football in a different way it's i couldn't a biz- business it's a business and 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 that sucks the business side of it actually makes makes it it suck just a bit i mean this is when you get all these characters on tv that you're getting around that you're getting now who 
uh, are passionate about the game, but they have the money, so they can be a little more talkative than most people. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or you get guys, when I played, where the guy hold out, came like the last two days of the preseason, guaranteed $34 million. How are you going to act when you get there knowing that you don't really – I mean, you care, but – do you yeah. really care if someone says something crazy? You're set you? for life. How hard are you? How you don't got to work a day in your life, and you're and you're 23 years old. Yeah, like so you you get hurt your first year. Yeah, second year, your I mean your yeah. stats are pretty impressive. Yeah, three and a half sacks. Yep, yep. For what I was I mean, playing, I mean yeah, I was just the third uh, down, third down guy. Yeah, and uh, I thought I was playing pretty well. Um, still. You know, it sucks with the NFL is you still get nicked on little injuries. So, like, I still probably miss, like, five games off. Yeah. What, we're playing uh, – who are we playing? Uh, Can't imagine the collision every, the, every single time. A train, it's a train wreck every, yeah. every time. It, 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 it really is. Yeah. Uh, as far as saying that, they say, like, when you're in high school, you may get a concussion, like, every, like, eight games or one in a season, they said, in college – like, I don't know, every two or three games. They said in the NFL, every practice, you can, <laughs> you can get a concussion. Train so, wreck. Well, that's when I played. Because I, like, I was the last, I think, class that like, actually had like the real two-a-days still. Mm -hmm. yeah. When you talk about an NFL camp, I have done nothing harder in my life than an NFL camp. That is the hardest thing I've ever done. Like, to know to have the mental state even. Some people, I've seen people cry. I think I don't want to get. These are some of the toughest men I'm on the like, planet. I'm like, you're a grown ass man. Get your ass up and get to practice. <laughs> get on this bus. You crazy? <laughs> you know how much money they said they were gonna pay us if we go play? You know, you know. And back then, every time you stepped on the field, you made 450 bucks. Every time you stepped on the field, you know. Hmm. When I played, the league minimum was like 300,000. Now it's like 600. Yeah. The minimum. <laughs> They're just popping out millionaires. You know, like it's insane. But uh, what I was saying is. We were playing a team, and um, after the I wasn't hurt the whole game. I was fine. Go in the locker room, cut the tape off my ankle, ankle swell up big as that cup right there. Mm -hmm. They're like, they were never mad at me. They're like, what'd you do? You didn't report an injury. Da, da, da. I'm like, man, I just cut the tape off my ankle. I was in a boot, couldn't walk for three days. They did an MR, nothing. I don't know what happened. My ankle just swelled up. Like, and, and they were mad at me for it. They thought I was like trying to hide an injury or. Well, we're sorry about the dead air that just happened there, uh, folks. But uh, all of a sudden, someone comes walking in the door, and it's Sergeant Margaret just now. <laughs> okay, first thing she comes in, she sees Hawk. Hawk kind of grew up at our house a little bit in, in college. Comes in, she sees Hawk. She's like, oh, Hawk, I love you. And Hawk's like, I love you. And, she didn't and, know if we were recording or not. <laughs> she, she didn't, didn't care. care what we were doing. We all have headphones on. They hug. They embrace. Mom says she doesn't think that the, the picture of Hawk is still on the refrigerator. Because she remembered like, that. <laughs> And then she says, and then Sergeant Margaret says to us, you know, we're we're big podcasters, okay, and we got an ex NFL player here, and she says to us, when you boys are done here, I need you to stop by my house and move a refrigerator for me. I'll I mean, see you later. What Don't do you forget. say? What do you say? It's like okay. she goes. Don't forget. <laughs> and Hawk says, nothing's changed around here. <laughs> It doesn't matter how old you get. It doesn't matter how old you get. When your mom comes and says, oh, you boys got a new refrigerator. Uh, she could offer some spaghetti or something. Yeah, maybe there's nice. got to be something Good over Lord. there to eat. So you got the injury. You take the tape off. The ankle blows up. They yeah. they, they think that you, They're pissed you at just you. didn't tell something about yeah, it. Yeah, man. They're, they were mad at me. I mean, and, and what's messed up is, you know, usually those guys are supposed to let the trainers and stuff take care of that. And they're like calling me at the house like why didn't you tell us like i was like are you guys gonna cut me well you can't cut an injured player anyway but like 
it's kind of it's kind of scary. But people don't mm-hmm. know it is a business. They're they're where they're like, well, if you're messed up, I mean, we'll give you your time, put you on iron, we will release your ass. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like, and and that's the like, people don't understand what professional athletes, not just NFL athletes, uh, go through. Well, I guess more NFL because you know in the NFL you're not guaranteed any contract. Yeah. Um. After my sixth game, when I did make that sack on McNabb, what I failed to mention is he gave me an athletic hernia and tore my groin off the bone. Oh. And uh, they cut my pay in half for the whole year. I made, like, nothing. Yeah. Hmm. Not people don't know that. No. And, yeah. and, and no what idea. people don't realize is when you get – when when you hear, oh, so-and-so got cut or, you know, released, mm-hmm. well, you just got fired from your job. Yeah, that's, that's exactly your, That's what how you make is. your living. You know, yeah. like, oh, the NFL player is so rich. And they think that, but that's how you make a living. Oh, yeah. And basically, I mean, you're getting fired from your job at yeah. 23, 24, 25, 26 yeah. years old. You know, you don't know what to do, and, uh, do it the rest of your life. You're, you're right. And then, you know, <clears throat> the second year comes up, and, and I'm getting to the point where I'm saying okay with you, is me and my buddy, Kenny Petway, took a trip to Miami, and we're sitting there, and we're watching the draft, right? This is after my second year is over. Yeah. And... I was like, hey, let's go to this bar. It's like, I don't know, in the middle of the day. I was like, let's go watch the draft and see what the Jaguars do. You know, because we all thought we did pretty good. They draft, <laughs> they draft a first and second round defensive end. I was like, <laughs> shit. So you're, you're watching. Oh my god, so that that's like saying that is like, the worst feeling in oh. the world. I was like, oh no, we're done, bro. Like, what's gonna happen? I got on my phone immediately, called my agent. I was like, look, go call him right now. I was like, or call him tomorrow, and see what they think. I was like, and what, just tell them, tell them to release me. What what people don't understand is say say you're an accountant and you work at uh, you know some big corporation and you're sitting in a bar and you watch the corporation you yeah. work for just, just go hire under. two yeah. new accountants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, people don't yeah. realize it, that's that's what's happening. Yeah. Just well, they, they only allow five accountants at this hey, company I, and they I, just hired <laughs> two new ones. That's exactly right. And I was like, I wish. I laugh about my with it. I talk to Kenny to this day. Uh, he lives in Texas, but you know, I was like, "Do you remember our faces when that happened?" Like, I wish someone would have had a camera just pointed dead at us when we were like, "Oh, oh, oh my God!" Like, <laughs> I was like, my stomach dropped, but then I was like, "I don't care." I was like, "I can go play somewhere else." Like, I, I don't care. So I, so I called my agent and I did tell him. I was like, "Hey, man," I was like, "See what's going on with them. See what they're talking about." They say, "Oh, you're good." I was like, "Okay, cool." So a couple days pass. We get to practice. These guys pop up. I'm not good. They say, we want to move you back to linebacker. I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we'll still keep you as a third guy, down guy. We, you know, yeah. you go back to linebacker. I was like, okay. I think they You're did probably kind of looking that third year. I'm, I'm trying to start. Exactly. Like, all I needed to get was five sacks, and I'd have made $5 million. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's my buddy Reggie Hayward telling me. He says, million dollars a sack, Hawk. Anything over five, million dollars a sack. That's what he told me. Yeah. He got eight when he was with uh, the team and they gave him, I think they gave him nine million. Damn. Yeah. So, so you go in, you go into that off season, you start practice. Yeah. And Jesus did, did it Christ. Did not work out at all? Yeah. The, these new that... guys, no, that's the thing. It did work out. I don't think they thought that it was going to work out. <laughs> oh, that was a problem. I they had too many players. I they, swear to you, yeah. I think they moved me to linebacker because they didn't think that I'd pick it up or something. Yeah. And I did pretty damn good. Sorry, my ring keeps going off my house. People are walking in at my house. Anyway, so, um, I just don't think they thought I was going to do as well as I did. I mean, I did so well one game, like, Coach Del Rio comes in. He's like, oh, let's watch the Hawk show. I was like, oh, thanks, bro. You know, maybe I am yeah. okay. And then the next game, like the third preseason game, like, I barely play. 
called my agent. I said, tell them to release me. I was like, I don't even want to like have a conversation alone. Just tell them to let me go. They wouldn't do it. And so we ended up playing Tampa Bay the last game of that third preseason. And uh, I didn't get into like the fourth quarter and played like six plays. And your thought process, probably calling your agent, tell them, hey, tell them to release me. Yeah, I was pissed. That gives you time in the offseason. I could have got try picked up, up and yeah. then played on another team because once they make cuts, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, um, so once the preseason is completely over, because usually uh, there's never a preseason game on a Monday, right, before cuts, because cuts are on Tuesday. Once they make those cuts and they, like, finalize at one or five or somewhere in between there, um, that's the team. Like, if they would have – if I'd have made the team and they cut me for for some reason, they would have still had to pay me for the whole year. Yeah. Regardless, if I went to another team, I would have double-dipped and made the same money the whole year. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. So – but we, they know that, and they're not going to let that happen. <laughs> well, we knew. We knew. Of yeah. course we no, knew. you do. Yeah. So we had our early game. I think we had our preseason game on Friday or Saturday. So they made their cuts early. They made them all by Monday, right? And my agent's like, well, you're good, man. You made the team, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay. So the next morning, the, the last minute they could make cuts. To, yeah. My phone rings at 530 in the morning. Everybody knows in the NFL, if you get a phone call <laughs> between five and six. Bring and it, your playbook. And it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to need that playbook. We're going to need uh, maybe a pair of shoes. Coach Del Rio needs to see yeah. you in his office. Coach yeah. Del Rio. bring your hey, playbook. That might have pissed me off the most out of everything. The guy didn't even show up. I had to talk yeah. to someone in administration. But, oh, I, wow. but I wasn't too mad about it. I was mad at the time, but I'm not the mad time, about it now. Probably because the timing. Yeah. Did, yeah, and it wasn't so that it wasn't even so much that it was. Um, I was mad because I asked him to release me, and so I was getting like a shitty, like feel before that anyway. And then when they did it, I was mad he wasn't in there. But then I was like, I was like, it's still a business, you yeah. know. He's still just a coach, you know. Just because I'm off the team, he could have wanted me to stay. You know what I mean? See, that's also another thing. Practice so it, squad. So it isn't just. I that's another thing. I couldn't play on any. I played too many games. I wasn't eligible to play practice squad on any team. You know, I'm sure I didn't. People know don't. That. People yeah, didn't know, don't that. know that. Yeah, yeah. People because you I mean people in practice squad make a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, sitting there doing nothing. So, <laughs> so why why do you think after after you got cut there? Why why do you think you never played for another team in the NFL? So what I did, dude, is I tried out for like, geez, eight teams in eight weeks. Oh, really? Like after that. And then they, uh, like, I went to Kansas City. <clears throat> they had me come in, gave me all my stuff. Because you go and you work out, and if they like your workout, then they sign you. Yeah. Well, I kept going to places that had, like, Jason Babin end up being an all-pro. Like, wasn't going to get the spot over Jason Babin. Yeah. And then uh, <clears throat> when I went to the Saints, they gave me my stuff, told me I was good, sent me home the next day. Sometimes people get hurt. And that's essentially why they told me that they actually released me. They said, and it did happen, they said, hey, we had a DB get hurt, and we had to bring another guy in, and you were lowest on the linebacker pool, so we have to let you go. Yeah. Like, it wasn't uh, like, oh, you did this. Business, yeah. or it was, yeah, They told me a reason. They weren't just yeah. like, oh, you're cutting. You bye. suck. Yeah, get you out. suck. Get no. out. They didn't say it at all. Even no, when I left. Number, it's a numbers game. It really is, and, yeah. and a lot of people don't see that crap. And uh, and it's hard, funny. Hard Knox has given me the inside scoop on Oh, that. man. <laughs> it, it's it's nuts. And, uh, and that was fine. Whatever. I mean, after, you know, at the time, you're kind of, you're shitty about the situation, but then... You know, it's whatever. I think the biggest mistake that I probably made uh, is that same day I got released, the CFL had already started their season by four games, right? So 
I get a phone call later that day from British Columbia. Wally Buono calls me, head coach of the BC Lions. He, was, he says, hey, man, come up here this week. We'll fly you up tomorrow. We got a game. You'll play this weekend. He says, we got this guy named Cam Wake. Cam Wake, <laughs> all pro, defensive end, ended up being, you know. He's like, we got this game, guy named Cam Wake. You can play across from him. We're going to win the championship. I guarantee he's getting 20 sacks a season. With you on the other side, they're going to be super scared. I was like, uh, I don't know, man. Let me talk to my agent. Call my agent. My agent said, do not go to the CFL because you will get blackballed in the NFL. Yeah. That probably was the worst decision I made in so, my life. So you actually – then you sat out that year and so, then went to the CFL? Yeah. And that so, was you're, – you're saying just in general. So I set out CFL for CFL is like, probably why you didn't play in the NFL again. Hold on. Let me tell you a story. So, <laughs> so, so when I was done, I had such a shitty taste in my mouth with the NFL. Like even after trying out for all those teams, I was like, I was like I'm retiring. Like I'm done. Like I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. And so I retire. The mental toll. The it, physical it was, toll. Yeah, the mental – it was just – it was too much. And like – Trying to keep up, um, and you just want to start your life. life. You want to move that, on with your life. Yeah, at some I was just point, gonna go back you know? to school. Yeah, like I was. I literally just lived for like a year, just doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Like really, and uh, I meet my wife, current wife, during this time, and um, um, I actually came back here and lived here, like for a little while, and then I worked at the refinery for a year. Mm-hmm. And while I was, and then, and I was like, well, maybe I'll just do this and end up getting a job at the at the as an operator at the refinery which is what i actually do now mm-hmm. and uh i remember monty little uh, you know monty little says he was our general forward he said man if you think you're gonna regret playing football because i'll see my buddies on the on the tv and he was like that's bullshit you know money i don't know if you know you should be little. out there you should be out there and if you think you're gonna regret it you better take your ass back up there and do your thing he's like i can get you into the apprenticeship He's like, you can go play football again. What would you do? And he's like looking at me with this stupid ass look yeah. on his face. I was like, all right, man. I was like, I'll go. So, like, an agent was already calling me to go. So he calls me. He's like, hey. He's like, um, he's like, man, I mentioned your name, and the Hamilton Ticats want to sign you. It was like in a day, like wanted to get signed. Then we're like, I guess what I didn't know is when you're an NFL player, and I don't know if they did this when I was at the Hula Bowl or not, but the Saskatchewan Rough Riders had my rights. Like if I ever left the NFL team, they got first dibs. Did I they don't draft you in their draft. Is they don't have a draft. They uh, just had my rights. Like uh, I don't even know how that worked. I couldn't play for any other team other than them. Gotcha. And if they don't sign me after I say out, if they don't sign me before a specific day, then I can go play for any team I want. Oh, they signed my ass at like <laughs> the last second of the last day. Like, and so I went to Canada. What 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 is money up there like? Uh it is extremely expensive in Canada. Well, I'm, um, ta- I'm talking about how what oh, are the Rough Riders no, paying that, you? That's that's not even like you're not like, playing for money up there. Right? No, no, no you, you're, pl- you're playing to get back in the league. Like, <laughs> yeah. Is it 50k? If I yeah, if I made a, I think I made probably my first year there, which it went up every year. I think I made like a hundred thousand, but then like um, that's you know. Canadian money. That's not American money. So <laughs> yeah. you you do the math. That yeah, that don't yeah. that is not a hundred k. But and, I mean, you're making a living for a year. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. And, and and they give you stuff to do in the off season too, which wasn't and it's paid stuff. Which in the NFL, like you had to do it because it was part of your contract. Like rookies were told that you have to show up at eight events. Um, yeah. Uh, in Canada, in the off season, Canada was actually pretty sweet. See, uh, the shovel driveway. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, snow sucks, especially like when they say it's going to snow and you get 18 inches and your coach is like, I'll see you in practice in 30 minutes. Like, <laughs> that sucks. That was what, that was my first day there. 
But Canada was cool because um, in the NFL, I would be there from like 5.30 in the morning till 6.30 at night, literally at the stadium. Like, because you'd have like two or three practices a day. One might be a special teams practice for like an hour, but you're still just tired from sprinting. Like, you got to show yourself all the time. In Canada, you're done at 1.30. You had your whole day to do whatever you wanted to do. I couldn't, I was like, what time are we done? <laughs> They're like, 1.30. I was like, like one thirty in the afternoon, like I, I had like four. I could not be. They did not tell me they only were there for like four or five hours in the day. I was like, yeah. this isn't amazing. Like for the money, I was like, I'll take it. You know, it's like I'm buying a car. I didn't have to like do anything. Like convince me, I was there. So in the, like I said, in the off season, it was fun because uh, the community owned the team. So it wasn't like a Wayne Weaver who owned our team then. Like it was just like the whole community owned it. So we were really, really active in the community, and that was stuff. So like I when it's the doing. Saskatchewan team, it's yeah. actually the, yeah. the city of Sus- Saskatchewan right. owns so, it. So basically, it was like a really big Jerseyville, <laughs> right? But with some tall buildings and, and and a wider circumference, a wider like surface. There's area. probably a Listen, lot of pride in the team, though, with the there, city, though. Oh man, there was so much pride. There huh. was no pro basketball team. There was no mm-hmm. pro hockey team. It was just us, right? Yeah. And so we were like the Dallas Cowboys. They call us the Dallas Cowboys of Canada. And, and we were good, too. And uh, we get to go play hockey. And we get to go do, you know, that, go ahead and laugh, guys. Um, so one oh, thing. Picturing what, you playing hockey. Yeah. Oh, I didn't ever play. I had to be the designated coach. Because I would have been back injured again if that happened. That wasn't going to work for me. But, uh, you know, we were really involved in the community. Everything was super cool with that. And they did keep us busy. And the coaches, uh, you know, they had had a legacy going already before I got there. They had been to the Grey Cup like every single year. Like they were a good team. So I was really happy to go there. And I didn't understand how much pride that city actually had for their team till I got I mean, it was every, you're right or you're right. I'm like, yeah, but I'm like, don't start. I mean, <laughs> but I started when I got there. But you know yeah. what I mean? Like they just loved everybody. Like, mm-hmm. and they have, and their football works different. Like we have like semi pro, I think they have like junior league and stuff like that. And what I didn't know is, um, on the field, there has to be so many Canadians and so many Americans. People oh. don't know that there's a ratio. Yeah. Like, and and they can manipulate it during the game at any time. And the hold Cana- on, hold on. So during a play, every single play, a pl- there's got to be so many Canadians. Not just on the so, team. How, how many's wow. on it? How many's yeah. how many's on the field well, at see, one time? Is like I know uh, there is a. We have one more man on the on the field. Or so twelve. So twelve. Yeah. So yeah, like, 12. like fields a little wider. Seven have yeah. to be an Americans and five Canadians. Or yeah, what? something weird like that. <laughs> yeah. So so damn so, it, get us a you, Canadian on the field right now. Hey, or now get a penalty. Now keep in mind when you get up there, you're not competing against defensive. Like I was a defensive end. I wasn't competing against the Canadians. I was only competing against Americans. That's how that works. Like the Canadians, they, they yeah. got they're on the team. They're they're well. They're, it's no, the Canadians are competing against the Canadians, okay. and the Americans are competing. Ratio. Whether you're because you got to have a certain freaking ratio, and they. Well, it, but think about how hard that is. You're like, yeah. man, I need to find out who's the best at all these positions, and then like who I can pull and who I like. Yeah. That has to be a hard thing to do. <laughs> yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, that has to be super hard. I, I when I got coach there, at all times of just your ratio, yeah. coach. Dude, when I had to <laughs> if go you're up taking there, like, out twenty two, you got to put in this man, guy or this guy. You'd be shocked. They they call a timeout to figure it out. Like <laughs> it had, was like I had no, no idea. idea. Nobody does. In the field is and, like 
11 yards wider and 10 yards longer. So it's a passing league. It's not built yeah. for – and you have to be a yard off the ball as a, I, as a defensive lineman. I was assuming there was really no Canadians that even That's played in the league. Thought. Like yeah. I thought oh, there's man. as many Canadians in the CFL as there in the NFL. Maybe one. Oh, yeah. no, You know man. what I'm saying? It, it was insane. I, wow. It, I didn't no know idea. half of the rules like yeah. when I went up there. As far as like that stuff, like – the field, excuse me. The field rules were easy to pick up, but that mm. was that was insane. I was like, "Why are you taking me out?" Like, like it was. It was a Canadian hawk. <laughs> it was so crazy. It was so crazy. Yeah. But uh, Canada was a good time. You know, um, three years, three years, three years, three old seasons. My first season, um, I got up there, and I was doing pretty damn good. We went to the uh, Grey Cup, which is their Super Bowl up there. But after like the seventh game we're playing calgary and i swear like i barely touched this quarterback like i barely bumped him with my shoulder my shoulder dislocated like it just i mean if you look at the film they're like what'd you do like it doesn't even look like you it's like i grabbed him put my arms down and i really just felt my shoulder just drop it must have been getting weak and i just when you're an athlete your pain tolerance is different yeah. like especially like a hockey player or something like when you're doing collision so I, it must have been hurting and i wasn't paying attention my adrenaline was too high mm-hmm. and it just flopped out and then i'd play a game miss two games play a game miss two games you know what i mean i was playing like in a like a sling at the end of the season and ultimately did that did that lead to your reason to retire ultimately That's, yes i mean it was just I a mean, nagging injury after nagging yeah, injury at and, the end of that year um i guess the eagles found out i was playing again and my old agent called me he's like hey they want to sign you right now they want to fly you out tomorrow like you're going to be on the team. Yeah. Couldn't go. I was hurt. I just had surgery. Damn. That was my last chance. Wow. Yeah. So then next year, come out. We're in preseason. I'm doing good. Strong. I bench 500. Come back from rehabbing that we shoulder. We talked about that. Yeah. I, I, I could bench 135 pounds. Like, I rehab myself back and benched 500 pounds in three months. I, when I was doing some research, I saw you hit, like, over 500 on bench, 455 yeah. on incline bench, yeah. over 600 squat. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was, I was all right. right. Ross talk, Those are Ross totals <laughs> right there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I, was, I was working my ass off because yeah. I wanted to be the best, you know, and so, they were touting me up real well. And uh, that second year, we, we, were, we were doing well, and I just got hit wrong in my other shoulder mm-hmm. and it dislocated tore my rotator cuff like that that wasn't good that sucked even mentally probably from all those years trying to tackle Batalto kids probably uh yeah <laughs> took its toll i don't know about that we, we never really had too much trouble against Batalto. yeah i said it yeah i said, I said it. it so with, <laughs> i said with what the, i said let, let's we're moving ahead so with the weightlifting thing so yeah. now you're in the bodybuilding oh yeah yeah right. yep. in the bodybuilding yeah so when i retired from football um you know i was kind of happy mm-hmm. i was like oh no one's going to tell me what to eat. No one's going to tell me, you know, I need to go lift weights at 2 o'clock. No one's going to say this. Da, da, da. While I'm doing that, my wife's like, I think I'm going to do a, a bikini competition. Uh-huh. And I was like, shit. You know, I'm eating oatmeal cream pies. And this is, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm hanging out, having a good time, you know. And uh, she starts doing that, and she's like, you should compete. And I was like, I don't know. And then she goes out, and she like, the woman is like remarkable. She's won like every single competition almost first place or overall in every one she's done because mm-hmm. she's like doing bikini and then like i start coaching she was playing in the uh the legends football league i was called the lingerie football league yes she becomes an all-star becomes most attractive lfl player in canada all this crap and well while she's doing this she's athletic 
I'm training her like a football player. <laughs> so that bikini body is turning into something else. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But she loves lifting weights. She, she's really competitive. And, uh, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, your, your legs are getting thick. Yeah, uh -huh. I mean, you might want to switch over to figure. She's like, I don't know if I want to do it. I don't know if I want to do it. So years later, we're here. Two years ago, we did the St. Louis Midwest Classic. It was her first time doing figure. She did it the year before in bikini and got sixth. She did it. Wins overall at the whole damn thing. I was like, I told you, I told you. I threw it all in her face hard as I could. We go to nationals in November. Got like second overall. Like wins the whole thing. Gets her pro card. Yeah. So nice. it, it's kind of crazy. But she got me into it. So I, w I jumped into it too. I was just like, I guess I'll do classic physique because I damn sure can't do bodybuilding. I don't even want to walk around at 300 and something pounds. Plus with my height, it's really hard to do. How tall are you? 6'3"? I'm 6'3". Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to do. So I was like, I'll do classic physique. So I did at the St. Louis show, I won like my novice division. I won the master's novice. I won the master's open. And then I got second in my class in open just for my height class and weight. And uh, my coach at the time was like, I think you should do nationals in Miami. I was like, dude, that's like the biggest. There's like four or five national shows. That's like the biggest one closest to like a pro show. Let's just say when I went there, I got 11th. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't go so well. It didn't go so freaking now, well. Now, man. what do you like about that? Is that, um, is that just give you goals or give you something to get your competitive juices going? It, it does. It does. Because like I said, like I work at uh, the Wood River Oil Refinery as an operator, and, uh -huh. and I work a lot right now. Yeah. And I was going to the gym all the time, and I was just like, why am I going to the gym for? Like mm -hmm. I was like, I can sit on my butt and get that dad bod, you know. That, <laughs> that, that, this is my wife calling me right now. But that, re that really, that really, really get your freak on a leash. Yeah, that that really wasn't gonna work out. She and she was like, "I don't like dad bods." I'm like, I'm like, all right, you know. So I was like, "Well, I guess I can start doing this." I don't have any hobbies. I don't do anything. I just go to work and be a dad and be a husband. Yeah, like, hey, what do you want your walkout song? Oh, I don't even listen to music. Right. Yeah. I told <laughs> you. I was like, I was the NPR radio. Well, they probably half of that are lies, and the other half is bullshit. But whatever. So. I um I started doing this and uh, found out I really really liked it and then you know after I went to nationals they were like hey with your height you're kind of maxing out the weight or the the weight limit already for your class we I, and I caught a judge in the hallway and he told me this he's like why don't you try physique I was like board shorts that's for dudes that don't do legs and then I was like well my knee hurts pretty bad from football. So. <laughs> Why don't we give this a shot? So that's what I'm doing now. Like right now, I'm 255. I'll probably step on stage at like 220 or 219. Like uh, that's how hard I'm about to work in the next 14 weeks. How does that diet change leading up to oh, it? It's bad. Getting <laughs> up, you're really hungry. Like the last three weeks, dude, you are hungry, super hungry. And then the last week, like you're nervous, so that kind of like takes a little bit of that like out of it. But uh, you know, doing a different division and then, you know, you have to get over the fright of being in front of all those people because it's not like you're playing in a football game when everybody's like 20 yards away from you on the sideline. They're like looking all at you up and down and slightly awkward. <laughs> and you're, you're wearing a little it, it, banana hat. Yeah, I had, that, but I had that banana, that slight, it looked like I had some little children's He-Man drawers on, but they were black. But uh, but I wear board shorts now, like I said, so, you know, it's, it's okay. The weirdest thing about that is probably getting your spray tan because you got to be like, you know, completely naked. They're like, put a sock over it. I'm like, what, man? <laughs> like, I just put my, like, now you got to, nah. Everybody's walking around. So everybody's, like, trying to dry off, and they're, like, sitting there around each other, like, hey, <laughs> we're naked. The 
there's 32 dudes in this room right now. But uh, aside from all that, it just, you know, bodybuilding helps me just like keep a level head. It gives me something to do. Keeps keeps my athletic like, you know, button pushed. And I can do it till I'm 80 if I wanted to. There was guys up there that were 75 years old yeah. like, doing it. And I like to stay in shape. I like to hit the gym with – and I like uh, – just having something to work towards that's going to give me like a positive outcome too still. And then like, you know, my kids do jujitsu and the COVID kind of messed up their sports thing. So, you know, I still want to teach my kids by example, not just by so much of what I say. So I want them to still have a good work ethic and what they do. And they know that I work hard with my job, but just outside of that too, you know, you see see so many parents these days that say, well, when I was your age, I used to do this or I used to do that. Or I used to be that. It's like, okay. Kids don't want to. They don't want to hear that, and they don't believe no. you anyway. You got to show them. I yeah, feel like. Yeah, and, you know? and my kids are, are just as guilty as everyone else's. I mean, they get on that iPad, but I think you know, as parents, we've stopped them so much. Like we're like, no iPads and all that crap during the week. You can play on the weekends, and then like we can check. You know, we, with online, you can check their grades all the time. And like I get in my kids' ass. I'm like, hey, like this is more important than anything. You know, I took my grades serious, but I didn't take them serious enough yeah. ever. You know what I mean? But like. I'm really, really trying to get in them, like just trying to teach them to be better than I was, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, while, while we're there, we'll, we'll we ask everybody this: What's what would be your Mount Rushmore of bodybuilders? Of bodybuilders, um, in no particular order. And what, we um, might discuss each one. So give 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 us give us your first. If, one. if you know who they are, uh, Frank Zane. Frank Zane, the leg, the man. The, he's like known Frank, for his legs. Frank Zane's whole body was was insane. Frank Zane was a short guy. Yeah, he wasn't the wasn't the biggest bodybuilder. He, he ever. wasn't, but his aesthetics were were insane. And, and you got to respect that a guy being his size and uh, just being able to build a body like that. You know, his waist was like twenty inches, but wow. his arms he had like twenty two inch arms. I mean, that's isn't that kind of crazy? You yeah, know what I mean? Like, and and his legs were were ridiculous. Um. I guess my second guy would probably be Dorian Yates. Dorian Yates. Now, because yeah. I was always a big, you know, Flex magazine, all those mags. Right. And Dorian Yates, he, he dominated. Now, now, he was like a guy who, he said he just, he'd only do one set of yeah. everything. But it was an intense set. It was. And, and he didn't squat. And he didn't say, that, he said he did it first, but he didn't believe in it because he kept getting hurt. Uh-huh. You know, so he just did leg presses. And how big were his legs? Yeah. He, he was the first original mass monster. I also think other than Arnold. He was the first bodybuilder to win like seven or eight. I think it's eight Mr. Olympias. Yeah. Right. But so he, his claim was he only did one set. Yeah. He of each never heard that. But, but he, he looks would, ridiculous. But, but he said that. But his warm up sets were real sets. <laughs> Ronnie, and, his, and his last one was till failure and everything right. he do. And which will bring. Let me bring up Ronnie Coleman. Ronnie Coleman would start his sets and Ronnie'd say, I didn't even start counting until it started hurting. I'm like, <laughs> you know, he talks to Ronnie. I didn't even start counting until it started hurting. <laughs> ain't, ain't nothing but a peanut. Ain't nothing but a peanut. Lightweight, baby. His, his, my, the best one, I used to have this hanging in my garage. He said, Everybody want to be a bodybuilder, but ain't nobody want to lift no heavy ass weights. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Old Ronnie Coleman, man. Yeah, he's freaking awesome. And yeah. then uh, I really like Flex Wheeler. Uh, yeah. Flex never won the Olympia. But he always tried, got into it at a young age, you know, and, and really Flex just lost his leg like within the last year. I didn't hear about that. He I did. He, he lost his leg. And uh, just to have a guy come back and he was never like really negative towards the whole thing, mm-hmm. you know, and the guy's still lifting weights. I mean, you got to yeah. respect that. But but as a competitor, like aesthetically, other than Frank Zane, like that guy had it all like yeah. not to sound weird, but the guy had a beautiful physique, head to toe, just 
had it all. He just could never pull it out. There was always there's always a bigger fish in that sea. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he yeah. just happened to get caught at some awkward eras. Like, yeah. right. you know, he's running into to different type of guys coming in. And, and it was like know, run, running Cutler into Tom Brady and, when you're in the. It, in, that's exactly yeah, it. Yeah, Charles Barkley. Right. Yeah. Yep. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ronnie Coleman. Like, he, yeah. he, he just ran into some weird eras where he may have or could have won, but it didn't work out for him. Um, here's a, what, could, what advice could you give a young athlete coming up? Maybe a high school kid, maybe whatever. What, what, what advice could you give them to try to, to be the best they could? I'll, be or I'll say it simply. And this is what one coach told me. And, mm-hmm. and, and I always say, when I speak to kids at schools and, and, and different athletes, he told me, he said, uh, always reach for the moon because if you fall short, you're still, still be in the stars. And, and I really, really liked that. And I was like, man, I was like that. If you really think about that, that's freaking awesome. You know what I mean? Like, like, so I, I tell all, I can tell my kids that, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I can just sum it up like that, you know, and and just work hard, persevere, you know, you're going to catch a lot of negativity. People are going to say, you can't do it. My cousin used to tell me every day, you ain't going to NFL. You ain't going to do this. Well, guess who's at my draft party? I was like, remember when we were six and you said this to me? Well, guess what? You know, but not to throw it in anyone's face. It's it's more of a personal thing. You know, don't be cocky. You can be fueled Uh, by that. You know. Yeah. and, And. don't look at social media. Don't look at, you know, these people acting crazy with all this money and, and the guys that are being cocky and doing all this because, you know, you, know, you can get embarrassed right. really, really fast. Just right. check out some of these boxing matches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, really, really fast. Um, what I want to tell a funny story on you two, and this is one. Oh, God. <laughs> and you There's know too many. Thing. We'll end it after this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we've went two hours, Ross. It's been incredible. Yeah, that's what she said. Um, <laughs> but I, one of the first times I think I met Hawk, and you know, you guys played basketball, you know, played mm-hmm. some college basketball, and you guys had that cast of characters. You two, and then yeah. there was Robbie, Robbie from Australia, and there Mo was from Mo Germany. from Germany, and then you yep. had Pete Dugan, just yeah. just a cast of characters or whatever. So I come in, you guys are staying at mom's while you're in college or whatever. Come in there, and you guys are duct taping <laughs> 40 ounce. Uh, beers to your hands. We did so do that. Let, let me yeah. try to let me try to describe Edward forty this. hands is what let, we call. Yeah, it. Let me try to hands. describe this to our listeners. So they each had a <laughs> they had a forty in each hand. So they're double fisting forty ounces, and they would duct tape <laughs> the forty ounce uh, beers in their hands. Okay, so oh the the thing and it's called Edward forty hands. I don't think I've ever told. I'm, I'm going to post this, this picture. So oh my <laughs> and God. so they would. You'd have to. Finish both 40s before, before you went to the bathroom. Before you go to the bathroom, you couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. You couldn't leave the house. You couldn't do anything. And that's how we started the night. Tape. You could not. Yeah, get this that wasn't in the middle. On. This is like yeah. the start of the this night. This is how we started. Duct taping yeah. 40 ounce, then called it Edward 40 hands. And yeah. You had to drink those before going we, to the bathroom we, or anything. We went through runway lounge <laughs> drive through at the time <laughs> to get our 40s. Yeah, I don't remember. I can't remember what what they were. You remember what? They, it probably they wasn't go. good because yeah, none sure of us had a ton good. of money. Probably, so. well, yeah. The picture will tell us. Let me pull that picture guess. up. Man, we went two hours. Yeah. Two hours. Two hours. That's, That's the longest we've went so yes, far. Yes. But I could seriously could, sit here and listen to this all day. And we, yeah. We could easily go another hour, right? Easily. So. Hawk, thanks a lot for coming in. We no problem. My pleasure. Thanks so much, man. It's I mean, after awesome canceling on it, yeah. big time, and it's the first time canceling. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. I am a busy man. <laughs> I am a busy man. Uh, thanks a lot, Hawk. We appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me on. All right. Again, I want to thank uh, Brent Hawkins for stopping in. He's uh, 
he's taken off now. Me and Todd are going to give some some of our thoughts for after the show. Uh, first off, great insight on the path of getting to the NFL. I thought I thought it was fantastic. Some of the stuff he talked about, um, just tr- the number the numbers game. There, he dropped so much stuff that, as I guess, just an average fan that you just wouldn't know about. Right. Yeah. I mean, we went two hours and we didn't even touch on so, you know, so much oh. I'd like to have touched on more, you know, like the, just the NFL life and the day-to-day grind and stuff like that. But I love his story. Just, I mean, coming from Jerseyville and, and making it to the NFL and it's, it's a crazy story. And you know what I loved Ross, my favorite part about it was, is that when he kept talking about like his teams or whatever, he would, I mean, how many players did he name? How many teammates oh, did he, he, I mean, he named Every player on the Jerseyville team. Yeah. And you know, I mean, let's be honest. I'm sure, and I I didn't see them play or anything, but you know, like he was the star, the stud, the main guy. And probably he was so good. That's probably what made everybody else. But he gave everyone on that team like credit and made it seem like they were all the stars. He definitely talked in like in a team perspective. Yes. We didn't do. We didn't care who got the tackle. We cared about winning. We cared about making the tackle, not who got the stat. Yeah. I mean, this is an interview about him and he has to talk about himself because, well, we're making him. Yeah. But, uh, he just kept saying it. it wasn't about individual things. It was always about team, 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 me, us, us, us. And he was, you know, like he, he said one time, he was like, I'd played any position. I didn't care. Yeah. You know, because you and I talked about before the show, I was like, looked at his high school stats. They weren't that great. But you know what? You probably looked at his, if you looked at his quarterback stats, then you looked at his running back stats, his yeah. wide receiver, his tight end, his defense. It was. How many kids in high school, they are the star quarterback. They're in the, telegraph all over are going to go to their high school coach and say hey coach put i forgot the kid's name put him back at quarterback put me at tight end i will help block so we can you know we can run the ball because high school football back then was all about running and then they just start moving around who no no hell no you keep his ass on the bench a a kid gets in his head he's the star running back And that's where he wants to be. You know, yeah. he's not going to move around and play any position but, and not have those insane stats like Brent could have had if he would have played one position. Yeah. I mean, he, and, and it's quarterback. Everybody wants to be the quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's amazing. It just, yeah. just kind of shows what kind of person he is. It really, I mean, we made him talk about himself, but I mean, it, it, he did it as humbly as anyone could had done you yeah. know what i'm saying so yeah. that was that was fun man it was great seeing him. i hadn't seen him in a long time it was great sergeant we, we have a <laughs> we have a cameo appearance by by sergeant margaret who just immediately busts in and hugs him and says i love you so that was awesome one thing um the whole business side of the nfl i found fascinating um but what he said about um nfl i guess training camp being mm-hmm. the hardest thing that he's ever done I don't know if I've just never really thought about it, but I wouldn't have thought at the NFL level that's the hardest thing you would have ever done because right. that's professionals. That's yeah. men. Like you're really going to get them out there and train that hard, but I guess so. I mean, I would have thought maybe Purdue would have been the hardest. Right. But the NFL training came hardest thing he's ever done. I, I always assumed it was just a, glorif- a glorified summer camp where they went in just to get in shape and learn plays. That's what I, I thought. would have exactly never thought of been grueling and, and talking about those guys crying. I mean, these aren't just like any schmoes crying. These are 
professional athletes who are crying. Some you of know? the baddest men on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I, I never thought of it that way. I didn't know it was it was like that. So Yeah, I didn't either. No. That was no fun, idea. man. Seriously, we could have I hope I hope people listen to the whole thing two hours long, but man, it was it was worth it. It really it, was. And you know, and I th- also I think you and I or me for sure assumed a little more that like Brent didn't work as hard that he was sort of just had this God-given ability, which he did have God-given, but he worked his butt off to get there. I love the story about his senior year at Illinois State and the new coach coming in. Yes. And all of a sudden, he's just out on the field by himself and just Mm -hmm. with that coach. I mean, that's... Coach tells him he's not going to make it. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make the big time. But if you listen to me and what Brent do, listen to him, had his greatest season ever. Yeah. Changed his whole mindset and how he grew up. Yeah. Started acting like a pro. And made it to the pros. Exactly. That was fun. That was fun, brother. All right. Another great episode. Um, Thanks to everybody for listening. This has been the Eat, Slay, Live podcast. Slay on, brother. Slay on.